Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Who goes there? We all had bets on who went there. I think he oh, was right. Pocket henchman. That's all I remember. P.S. has the best Puffa story ever. There's like also letters to the editor for it. She had to apologize for wasting the time with the police. Can we point out Jen never made the newspaper? Well, the best thing about B.S.'s apartment is it's conveniently located near the bowling alley. I don't want to tell this story. It's way too identifying. We're going to make up a fake location. P.S., you live near a really good Chinese restaurant. You, you told me that. Do you like Chinese food? Nah, really. Okay, then I don't care that much about you anymore. I went into the <laughs> restaurant last night to find you, and I'm walking around looking everyone, looking for a Horace Slughorn plaid shirt. Hello, Sonny. God, I would jump out the window. P.S., I almost I got said- strangled in my car. You need to fix your seatbelts. My seatbelts are fine. P.S. looks nothing like we imagined. <laughs> She's supposed to look like Horace Slughorn in plaid. She's supposed to be like two foot tall and with fairy wings. <laughs> Alright, hold on. I'm grabbing my cup of coffee. Sue, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. You sound like you need to be drunk. Yeah, but I was good and just went for the cola instead. Oh, well, you know what? We can't all be me. You're getting drunk on coffee? Oh my gosh! We haven't even got oh, yes. who goes here. Oh my god, this all Ravenclaws on the forum and me, I think. Or it's a kidnapping of Ryan. Well, what we lost was proving Aaron is not gay. But we're going to reenact it. Keza will have to play Mike. I'll play Aaron. And I'll play myself. <laughs> and you'll play your... No, that doesn't work. That's too ordinary. You have to tell the story. You've been holding out on us all this time. But I mean, if somebody that hears this was there and... What are the effing odds? P.S. 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 Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. P.S. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to set the story at the University of Arizona. I think then who Sue should, should I be? Mike. Oh, I, I get to be Mike. Stop yeah, waiting. You can be Mike. <laughs> I'll be Mike, and Ryan can be me. Now, who is playing who? I'm playing Mike. Who's playing P.S.? I am. You are. Hold on. Who's Keza? Sue is Keza, Scott is Aaron, I am P.S., P.S. is Mike, and Sue is Keza. Okay. (laughs) Do I have to do the accent? Because we know I can't. I'm going to try for the accent. Rinna, her dream was the funniest thing I've ever read on. Oh, yes. Rinna's dream is amazing. She took a lot of LSD. And I'm making you tell your college story tonight, by the way. I I, I don't want to tell it. How about Topeka? Can we have it take place in Topeka? But I've never been to Topeka. They don't know that. I hope I can remember what this fic's about. And now. Do you remember who's in this podcast? <laughs> All right, I'm going to start really cold calling people saying, do you want a podcast tonight on Tale of a Time Long Gone? We can't remember who's in it. Let's try someone. Let's just call people. Let's call Scott. <laughs> Scott? This doesn't sound promising. <laughs> this does not sound like a man preparing to podcast. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Hello. Hi. Were you on the podcast tonight? Yes, I was. Good yeah. for me. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Let's see if we can do that again. What about Gen 2? Do we feel it with Gen 2? The only people I knew that might be supposedly doing it are Sue and Death, and they aren't here. They are not here. Sue, Sue is trying to fight off skunks. Sue is coming. She's just not here What right could now. have happened to Death? He could be anywhere. He could have got lost. Oh, Rinna. Rinna is supposed to be here. Where the hell is Rinna? I may have to call her at home. I called Keza at home. I can call Rinna at home. <laughs> <laughs> Sue has arrived. What? What? <laughs> P.S. What the hell happened? What is she doing? 
she dropped? Did she snort helium? What the hell? No. P.S. I fell off. It sounded like someone gave your kid helium. This has happened before, and it will probably happen again. Oh, that was bad. (laughs) Sorry. All right. Is Ray in the podcast tonight? I don't know. You'll have to ask her. If I, she's don't, read, I don't know. That she, she, put, she suggested the fic for the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's read the yeah. fic. Call her. Just if, she, if she can yeah. podcast. Well, it's also she's in Washington, so it could be dinner time. Well, Sue it is, is dinner Sue, time. Sue, I'm Sue, Sue, what the hell? You must eat. Tessa is in pizza. Hold on. Scott's in Canada and P.S. and I live four minutes. And P.S. I could be there in four minutes if necessary. She's yep. I love how she's the closest one and she's the one who falls off. Canada and Australia. <laughs> Australia, Australia come in. Australia, come in. Perfect Weekly, this is Ryan. I'm P.S. I'm, I'm Sue. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we were close. We were close. Who else? Keza, say hi. I said hi. You, what the hell did you say you hi? Was oh, you was drowned out by other people. It was drowned out. All right. Here's the deal. We're back with episode 102 of Perfect Weekly. <laughs> 103. Now, we've already recorded episode. 103. It was a great episode. Mike was here. Mike still worked for us. And it involved Cylons. Well, it involved the play that we're about to perform for the, the, Well, we, yes. lo- we lost something so critical to the survival of Pufwa that we have to reenact it for you all. So I will be playing the part of P.S. Okay, I will be playing <laughs> the part of Mike. I'm Keza. <laughs> I will apparently be Aaron. Keza's playing Rena. Let us set the scene for you. Mike was on the podcast, and Aaron was on the podcast, and Aaron, once again, was heterosexual, as he has consistently been through his entire adult life. Mike to stopped to ask how gay people respond to Slash. He was giving us all these examples, like, how would you feel if someone was stalking you? In that kind of a manner. The example he gave for me was, like, if Ryan was stalking me in, like, a creepy way, yeah. like, would I still want to be friends with him? But the, the example he gave to Aaron was a man, because he was trying to play it like that. Oh, like that. Yes. Now, P.S. is Mike. I am P.S. Sue is Keza. Scott, Scott is Aaron. Is Aaron. And I forget who Keza is. Keza is Rinna. I'll set the scene. We are discussing the actual fic. Rinna was with us, so we were not off topic until this happened. Don't you think Salazar and Godric make a lovely couple? Falls over laughing. You're supposed to laugh. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, it's clearly obvious. Wait a minute. Sue was supposed to snore out of her nose. I snorted before you laughed. You can't break order. Cut, cut, cut. Okay, we're starting again. Okay, cut. Okay. Even when we have a script, we don't get it. I have to get into my mic mode. Don't you think Salazar and Godric make... Cut. I was trying to do the accent, but I can't do it. Don't you think Salazar and Godric make a lovely couple? (laughs) I mean, it's clearly obvious that Godric has a thing for Rowena, and this is what causes the tension between them all and breaks up the founders and makes Salazar leave a nasty snake in the castle and run away. You got all that from this fic. Sure, sure. I mean, Hogwarts of History says there's more to it than blood supremacy. Not the real book, obviously, but the little excerpts the author writes at the beginning of the chapters. So Salazar has a thing for Godric? And Godric has a thing for Rowena? Well, yes, that's obvious. It's a love triangle, and that's why they break up. Slytherin and Gryffindor are into each other? Oh, totally. They have, like, a connection. He's only hanging out with Helga because he loves Godric and wants him to be happy. Mike. What fic are you reading? Well, Aaron, it's much like you and Robert. Mike, I gotta... uh, Look, are you sitting down? Sure am, man. What's up? I'm not gay. It's okay if you are, man. I totally support you. No, really. I'm not gay. And I'm not with Robert. I have a girlfriend. So, you guys, like, broke up? I was never with Robert. I have a girlfriend and we've been dating for about five months. I'm totally cool with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Mike, honey, sweetie, he's serious. He's what? I'm not gay. He's really not. Are you sure, P.S.? I'm sure. Really, really sure. So, Aaron, when are you going to propose? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I can do that anymore. I don't think I can do that voice again. Oh, my God. Yes. I can't. I can't talk in the mic. Voice. It's like Fran Drescher. How do you talk like that all the time? Right. Oh, Mr. Sheffield! I don't talk like that all the. Wait, are you talking about me? Yes. I don't talk like that. <laughs> all right. Now that incident happened first, so we had that incident. Now we would like to channel for you all a dream that Rinna had while on LSD. We're going to get to that very shortly. But here's the deal. Now we've had. You know, over 100 episodes of Perfect Weekly, 20 specials. I was on Spellcast. I think I did Dan Fiction's podcast. I can't remember. I seem to remember recording something. Yes. We're, we're, we're all... How, how was I? Was I good? Yes, you were wonderful. Uh, okay, good. I'd like I'd like to... So, you know, all of these episodes, we've had all of these stories, most of them from Jen, most of them weird. And P.S. is always, uh-huh, uh-huh. And once she got lost in Montreal, but... The, but P.S. has been straight edge this entire time. Last evening, I dined with my lovely wife, Mrs. Huggles, uh, Death Roll. Death Roll, he shook my hand. And, P- <laughs> and, P- and P.S. was there. I met P.S. I now understand it all. So after the meal was over, P.S. began to walk home. And I'm like, P.S., it's 37 miles. Allow me to drive you. So we're in the car, and I'm like, so... Tell me something about you I don't know. She then tells me the best story ever. She's been holding out on us all this time. And she's telling us the story right now. And this took place at the University of Arizona. Okay. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, in a A galaxy far, far far away. (laughs) 
had this roommate. And throughout the year, she was a bad roommate. But it was like the minor kind of bad roommate. You know, she was a slob, and she came home late, and she left the door unlocked. You're a freshman like, in college at this time. Yeah, minor roommate stuff. And they can be really bad. They can be really awful. Oh, yeah, so, they can really mm-hmm. awful. So just casual, like everyday stuff. Yeah. I was blessed by having a bad roommate that was like grade C bad. Right. Boring story so far, so it must get better. Till the day I opened up the newspaper and plastered on the front is her photograph because she is missing. Okay. Huh. I can't tell it like it's as funny as it was. P.S. went to college at the University of Arizona because she wanted to study electrical engineering. And she's a freshman <laughs> at U of A. Names and places have been changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> and a good old U of A. And don't make it about me. With the Panthers and whoever the hell the sports teams are there. It's hot. It was hot in Arizona. The Panthers? I have no idea. And she's at good old U of A and she's got she's got the, you know, usually you have a bad roommate. Like I knew someone once her roommate turned out to be a hooker. Like that was fun. You know what I mean? Like like eight guys showed up at the, at the room one night and she was wearing pleather. So you can have really bad roommates. Now P.S.'s roommate went out partying with some friends, okay? She went out partying with some friends, and she apparently met a guy at the bar, and they hit it off, which is a very stupid thing to do, because always bring seven friends with you when you meet a guy at the bar, and never ever go anywhere with him without checking to make sure he's a sex offender or something. But anyway, she met make a guy sure at the bar. Make sure he's not a sex offender. Make sure yeah, he's sure. Well, but you check to see if he is one, and if he is one, then you don't go with him. <laughs> good information to have. So, she apparently goes off with him, and they hit it off, and she spends the weekend with him, and they go hiking. Are there mountains in Arizona? They go <laughs> swimming. They the go, desert. They, they in the desert. They go into the desert to become one with the desert. And they have this lovely romantic weekend with each other. Now, all her friends see is girl goes up to guy at bar, guy gives girl drink, girl disappears for weekend. No idea where she is. So they, of course, assume that she's dead. <laughs> no one checks with P.S. the roommate. So P.S. Oh, wakes, wakes up the following morning going, I'm having such a good experience at the good old U of A over here. I should buy my mother a thermos or something, because why the hell would they sell thermos at the University of Arizona? So she wakes up in the morning, and she gets the eye crusties out, and she yawns, and she does the thing from Hairspray, Good morning! Phoenix, Arizona. where the hell is the University of Arizona? I think they have one. <laughs> so she, she's at the Phoenix campus. So she goes outside and she opens up the campus newspaper and plastered on the front page is her roommate and missing in giant leathers above her. Now she's realized, <laughs> oh my god, my roommate has been kidnapped by Albanian terrorists or something. So she's having a very negative roommate experience. So the police come and they scour P.S.'s dorm room looking for some sign of the missing roommate. <laughs> and apparently the roommate is such a slob that they think there's been a struggle. Now they're looking at P.S. <laughs> like P.S. may have been in on it. So <laughs> hours from home at good old U of A. So and they're like, are you sure there hasn't been a struggle? No, really. It always looks like this. Yeah, you believe the person when they say that. So now P.S. is the number one suspect for the disappearance of the roommate. <laughs> and they're looking at her side and there's clip boards everywhere and there's stuff there's smut on the computer this person is sick and everything is terrible for ps until the roommate comes in from a weekend of cactus peeping 
Oh my god, you know what happened? What? I know why this happened to me. Why? This was around the time I started listening to Puffwa. <laughs> Everything is explained. There you go. So, P.S., neglected to tell us what's new this week. Oh, my roommate disappeared and they thought well, I, I was wasn't, bullied. I wasn't even a murder. member of the forums. I just discovered the podcast. Well, I wish you wrote in. We could have used you. And welcome back to Perfect Weekly. This is Ryan. Hello, I'm Jen. Lady Chi here. Anna is in the house. These are really stupid people. Like, I have a lot to learn from these people. I've been here the whole time, but I can't remember what was just said. <laughs> oh, Vicodin. Poor Bernard was struck and killed by a bolt of lightning. For the God, Ryan, if you ever, ever, ever make me cover a story with butt sex babies, I will kill you. This is like the Manhattan Project. I wore a really big hat. So I met P.S. last night. I got to the restaurant and I see that I have a text message on my phone from Death Roll saying to ask for PFW. But, he like, put I the don't... table under Puffwa. <laughs> so I, don't, I was like, I don't want to sound like a freak. So like, I went up to the lady, but like... I made it sound like I had no idea what it was. I was like, I'm here for PFW. Because, like, I, I don't know why I didn't she's say I'm She's the deputy headmistress. She's but pretending she's never heard of <laughs> That just sounds so weird. And then she points into the dining room, and she's like, he's in there. Because, obviously, I would recognize my good friend. Because we are good friends. Mm-hmm. We dine out together. So I'm like, okay. And then I thought, well, maybe he's wearing that Edward shirt. So Edward James almost. So, like, I'll, like, take a peek. And look for Edward. Like, as I'm, like, walking down the aisles, like, I peek at, like, all the shirts of the So she's checking out every guy in the dining room of the restaurant. (laughs) And then I found Edward, and it was good. And Edward was attached to Death Roll, and And that was fantastic. And it was fantastic. So I arrive at the restaurant moments later. Would have been awkward if someone else was wearing the same shirt. Everyone. It's an Edward James almost Oh, but we would have been best friends. Exactly. They could have joined us. (laughs) So I get there, and I walk up, and Death Roll shakes my hand, and P.S. is looking over. And P.S., for whatever reason... I don't think P.S. knew what the etiquette was when you meet your internet friend. So we get to the table. Danielle sits down, and I've met Death Roll before. And Death Roll shakes my hand, and P.S. is kind of, like, observing. And she's, like, like lol from Star Trek Data's daughter trying to mimic. And she reaches over, and she shakes my hand. I'm like, hmm. I was going to hug you, but whatever. I was, la- no, I was laughing because they shook hands. <laughs> so they did. Danielle and didn't I get it. And I said that because I'm a dork. Danielle didn't get it, and we had to explain it. Now, I have a question. Rate the PS story. The missing roommate, you're the murder suspect. Is that not, am I, is it me? Ryan and Danielle were laughing like it was the funniest thing they've ever you're heard. You're a murder suspect. <laughs> you're four feet, 11 inches tall. <laughs> How would you have disposed of the body? I had to carry your takeout order for you. All right. We are going to briefly, before the podcast tonight, because Rinna is really high on LSD at the moment, we are going to share with you the dream that Rinna had about the Potterfic Weekly community. Okay. Oh, dear. Rinna on LSD, ladies and gentlemen. It actually fits in quite well with P.S.'s story because this is an insane dream that Rena had on LSD, apparently, according to Ryan, about Puffwa, an attempted murder. So, but I did not commit any kind of murder. You know what they had to do? They would have had to insult Saul Ty, so you plugged her. Like, that's the only thing you In Rena's dream, the hosts have decided to throw a baby shower for Keza. <laughs> 
Now, this cracked me up immediately because there is no way I'm having any more babies. So the hosts made me fly to Dallas, Texas, while three years pregnant, come to the baby shower, which is being held in a conference room at a Holiday Inn. As Rinna says, we were all there. I think I say that because I only know most people from their forum pics or user pic on Facebook, unless I've seen other pictures of them. So, for example, Ryan was there. Gen 2 was there with her child, only since I don't know what the kiddo looks like, my brain turned her into a cat. (laughs) P.S. was there, only she was a life-size version of her little cartoon picture. Do you know how many people ask me if you looked like your anime character? Do you think I did? A little bit, yeah. I (laughs) Well, I'm glad I didn't still have the Saul icon. (laughs) We were all watching Keza open her presents for the baby shower. And Ryan bought me the entire Battlestar Galactica DVD set, only it was like a baby Einstein version. So it was all the Battlestar Galactica characters. I can't stop laughing. Singing songs about sharing and learning your colours and stuff. (laughs) That just cracks me up. really, really wants one of these. Rinna bought me and my unborn child, who I'm never going to have, matching really big hats. child <laughs> brought baby dolls that I think were stuffed with catnip. <laughs> so we're all there, we're having a baby shower in the conference room at the Holiday Inn in Dallas, Texas. And suddenly, she bursts into the room and starts crying because no one told her who the father of Keza's baby was. I just Everyone... have to say, I assumed it was me. Turn around. Okay, anyone else? <laughs> Hello. Hello. Catherine, you got here at the wonderful time. I have just fathered Kez's child. Kez, I can't Hold on, Ryan. You're breaking up. Say what? <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. I'm not pregnant. We're, we're telling a story. It, this is Rinna's LSD dream, right? We're in Dallas, Texas. A Kez's oh, baby shower. I'm opening Battlestar Galactica DVD sets, and Gen 2's child is a cat. And P.S. looks like her anime picture. And she wants to know who the father of my baby is. (laughs) Everyone kept trying to tell her that it was Mr. Keza, but she wouldn't believe us. So we we ended up having to call him on a Skype video chat so that he could tell her he was, in fact, the baby daddy. (laughs) Only he was wearing a suit of armor. (laughs) (laughs) With an enormous cod piece. My husband likes to take pictures of himself pretending that he's got big brassy balls. <laughs> this pissed off Chi even more. Oh dear. So she went outside and called Richard and Mike, who Rita doesn't know what they look like. So Mike is just a vague man shaped blur that kept saying really stupid things. <laughs> and Richard had the same slightly lecherous look and stuffed animals as in his profile picture. <laughs> who decided to blow up the hotel. This is Richard and Mike. Only they tried to blow it up the way you'd blow up the forums with letters. So they're chucking letters on everyone, and this really pisses off Keza, who hobbles her pregnant way out to where they're hiding in the bushes and slaps them both upside the head, saying, You can't scare me with letters. I'm a teacher for Ryan's sake. <laughs> and then she wakes up. 
And that, children, concludes our fairy tale. We all thought we were nuts, and then Rina showed up. Dude, something's wrong. Listen to what just happened to me. Something's wrong. Dream. Something's wrong. So that is where we are now. So we have met P.S. P.S. was a murder suspect. I have fathered Kez's upcoming <laughs> child. Turn around. Uh, Richard upcoming, and Mike are upcoming. terrorists. Upcoming child. <laughs> Does Mr. K know about this? Does Mr. K he's know about not, this? He's not even home, no. Oh, <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> I don't even know where they really go from there. Good night, How the hell did you people get magical Cylons from this fic? Oh my gosh, I don't remember. Okay, because there was a big debate over whether Aaron could tell me something and he had to put it in a window to PS to tell him whether or not it was a spoiler. Something in the story is like head six. And then Mike started asking about Cylons. And we were, like, wondering if you could, like, do magic against the Cylons. Because they would make the best Death Eaters if magic wasn't against them, because they could just walk through and just, like, smash everything. The Centurions or the Skin Jobs? Well, see, the Centurions would shut down before they got close to Hogwarts. That is true, because yes. I was just watching Gobble the Fire, the movie, and... Did scene... that happen in that movie? Well, it was this... It, that was a cutscene. It was the scene where McGonagall was teaching everyone to dance, and you had the little record player with, like, the giant horn on top of it the size of a Jeep. Gramophone? That would be the word I'm going for. That's what it was. It was like, would Cylons be able to operate at Hogwarts? We were deciding if they would have made wizard Cylons. Like, if that would be possible. Like, if if the wizarding oh, yeah. world existed in the Battlestar Galactica world. Like, if there was, like, a wizarding world in the society, would they have made Cylon wizards? would be the wizard. Okay. Is it possible that Rinna yeah. tried to take her own life during this conversation? Yes, she actually, <laughs> actually, she yes. tried to take ours. We hope so to anyway, have her back next week. We miss her very much. She took some LSD point, to get over it. The point was, well, Mike decided you couldn't replicate magic because she just she. she <laughs> I, I just called Mike she. Woohoo! Dad. We yeah. decided that the Cylons <laughs> couldn't understand magic. magic. But any, I think they would have made a wizard Cylon if there were wizards and they knew about them and they thought that it would help the plan. Well, the key to that is, did they know about the wizarding world? Yeah, that too. So anyway, the fake. See, I'm going to be written now because... Oh my god, why are you underwater? <laughs> you actually sound like you're in a fish tank. This is like so different from the dryer. Ryan came back to this conversation and then Rinna banished him. I want to know Ryan's thoughts. I don't know. I think you're right. I think the Centurions would fail the closer you get to Hogwarts, unless they had Colin's camera, then it would be fine. They would have to find the universe. You know what? I think you blew my mind. Brilliant! I don't really know. From then on, we wondered what happened to the wizards. When the attack happened, like what happened to the wizards? Did they apparate? Are there wizards in the fleet? Do they have to take ships between colonies or do they like apparate? Can you apparate into orbit? What if jumping, like the ships jump, what if that's actually apparation? Is that, so are they all wizards? I think you've just discovered the secret of the final episode of the Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> They're all wizards. They're they've all been wizards. Ju- they've been apparating this whole time. Because if you Why notice, do they just do point me to find Earth? When the fleet apparates, it's white smoke. And when the Cylons apparate, it's black smoke. Oh. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> that was pro- perhaps and the worst comment I've ever made. And once upon a time, a time long gone, there was no Cylon. And no Hogwarts. Keza, seriously, you sound like you're broadcasting live from Denmark. 
Kelsa, speak. Okay, what would you like me to say? I could tell you Kelsa, another story. You just story. sound like you're on a cell phone or something. Like you do, like- which would be extraordinarily expensive for me. I just want to make sure you're actually not on a cell phone. <laughs> no, I am on my computer on Skype. Okay. You cannot call my mobile phone. That has been tried I called. Can, can I tell you, the, the last few weeks at Pofua have been very stressful. So one day Keza was having a bad day, so I called Keza on the phone. Like, I called Australia. <laughs> I had to look it up. Sue had to call an Australian. She knows to ask, you know, do we have the technology? So I finally <laughs> called Australia. Keza picked up the phone and in an emotional, you know, wreck of a situation, mistook me for the roof guy. <laughs> well, see, what happens is, you know how people live, like, they live overseas and there's, like, a delay when you call overseas, right? And all those people that they're in those sweatshops in, like, India and places like that, that Australian companies hire them because they're cheaper labor. And so you pick up the phone and you're like, hello, and there's, like, a silence for, like, 10 seconds and you're going, hello, hello. <laughs> it's the telephone companies ringing up, asking you if you're happy with your phone service, and they're like, hello, my name is Jessica. And, and you're like, totally no, it's not Jessica because the accent is all wrong. There's always a delay. Or their auto dialer is dialing in. Like there's a chick sitting down in the office, you know, in the city, ringing up people to try and get them to, to fix their roof. They believe that they can get more business in my area, on my street, by telling me they're giving me a cheap roof and putting a sign up in my front yard so that other people will call and say, that roof is fantastic. I want to have a roof like that. Who does Make that? Who walks like around that? saying, I love your roof? Like, <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So it's either the auto dialer or the people in India calling up to see if you want to change your phone plan. So the phone rings. I run back inside because I'm hanging my washing and I pick it up. Hello? And there's silence. So I'm like, damn, it's one of the damn roof people again. So I'm, <laughs> I'm about like, to hang up. Hello. So I'm like answering the phone, my normal one, my real name is Karen, um, Mike, if you're listening. So I'm like, hello, Karen speaking, and there's silence. And I'm like, damn, Rufus, about to hang up. <laughs> and there's scratchy voice like, hello, Keza? <laughs> and I'm like, this is not the roof guy. <laughs> <laughs> the fun part was that there were, what, five of us there? There's like five of us calling her. It's like candid camera. It was very awkward. <laughs> And she was upset to find I was not the roof guy. Deathrill, what are you doing at the moment, by the way? I think Deathrill's gone. Deathrel, he's there. He just can't understand us. I think he's, like, doing his laundry. Okay, I read all the no, chapters like- tonight. I hope people remember the names of the characters, because I always forget the character names. I'm going to be like, you know, the big guy, you know, the head guy. Hey, 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 I'll give you a hint. The Griffin head guy. Slytherin. Mama Gryffindor, Papa Hufflepuff. No, Papa Hufflepuff is dead. No, Papa Hufflepuff is alive. Oh, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. I am dead. Oh, I. Oh my God! And you murdered me. Murder you. That's not what Arizona PD says. <laughs> I'd just like oh, to make the point that we finished the last podcast guessing who was saying who goes there, and I was right. That's and I your guess say. was obviously the, the guard at the end of the... I said the pocket henchman, and I think, I think I'm close enough, because you know, I didn't say any Cylons or any giant squid or anything like that. Someone thought it was a giant squid? Isn't that Mike? I don't know. A Someone giant the... squid is more plausible than a Cylon. How old is the damn squid? <laughs> I don't well, know. Squids live a long time, you know. Not that long. Well, it's a giant squid, so maybe. 
Maybe nice. it has a giant lifespan. So far, no one in the fic and has so, been so, dragged into the lake, so it's probably not, not yet, there. Anyway. But there's a monster, though. There's a monster in the lake. Yeah, I reckon it's well, a there's giant There's a monster. It's the giant yep. squid. Okay. There we go. Or we have solved like, the mystery. Oh, I thought it was the basilisk. No, because he raised the basilisk himself. Oh, That's damn, the- I forgot to read the canon. I thought it was the basilisk. I'm like, don't go in there. There's a basilisk in there. And then after a few weeks, I'm like, you know, it's been like a year. The basilisk hasn't tried to kill them yet. That's not bad for a basilisk. Like, it's really, it's really giving them a wide berth. It's Death still a baby. Come in. Testing. Testing. Can yeah. you hear me? Hold on. He's testing, but can he hear us? Death roll? Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm still Hi. convinced you can hear me. Death roll? <laughs> Are you there? Are we there yet? Death roll. I think, hold us? on. I can test right now if you can hear me. Death roll. I think you should vote Democrat. He can't hear me. What? <laughs> you sound like my grandma. Death roll, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. He needs one of those things, like a, a listening tube. The horn for his ears. Yeah. <laughs> and to say whippersnapper a lot. I feel like Rita, man. I feel like Rita. <laughs> You're trying to get us you on track. Are you taking your role too literally? Because the play is over. You're not Rita anymore. I just wanted to talk about the I want to talk about the fake two. I get death roll in the corner going, what? Sorry. Am I supposed to start acting like Mike now? Uh, I don't think this is going to work. The internets have been really screwy today. All right, type me your number uh, and I'll put you in. Everyone's pretty choppy, and I, I'm missing all the important words. Do, do you hear me asking for your phone number? <laughs> uh, yes, I did hear that. Type me your phone number, I'll call you. Oh my god, now Australia is my default option on Skype when I want to make a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> If the phone rings, Keza, ignore it. Wait, what? Hello? Can you hear me now? Can we can hear yes. you now? Yes. Can anyone no. name no. the First, fix? I have to tell you about the waiter at the restaurant tonight. Oh, God. We go out, we, we go out for drinks after work, a drink. So I order a mojito. And Yay. the waiter just looks at me, and he's like, are you sure? Yeah, pretty sure. And he's just giving me the, the skeptical glance. And so and I said to him, do I look like an amateur drinker? I have a full mustache. Very, Very full. full. He does. That thing he does. Huge. <laughs> Mr. Kessler wants to grow up and be like you and grow a mustache. It's even like huger in person. I'm 31 years old. I've been drinking probably longer than this guy's been driving a car. Not that you should combine drinking and driving. No, it's in analogies like this. We don't, we don't yeah, recommend we that. that shit, but we don't advise against that. And I just say to him, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can, you can just bring it." So he he says, "Oh, it's pretty sweet." I can't even recreate the conversation. That's how flustered I am about it. But he brings the thing over and he sets it down and he goes to pass out the next drink. I pluck the lime out of it and pick up the glass. By the time he's done passing out drinks, I slam the glass down on the table and say, "One more, please." So what you're telling <laughs> us is you're hammered for the podcast, which is good. Oh, not at all. Yay! All right. Sounds like. Anyway, that's my story for the evening. I think my story was better. P.S. Right. Well, P.S. The story was about being a murder suspect, so you really can't beat that. That's true. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I just have possums. It's not yeah, worth anything. Yeah, you have possums eating chickens. It's sad. Oh, but that sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> the possums are ready to rise up. Well, I'm just wondering if Keza is exporting the sexing possums now. 
Didn't we send her no, cockroaches or snakes still or something? Yeah, the no, sexy we, ones are still in my roof. Oh. We tried to send. We tried to send you a bunch of snakes too, so maybe you could send us your possums. I could feed a basilisk or two with the possums. All right, Keza wants to talk about the fic very badly. <laughs> the fic is called "Tale of a Time Long a time Gone." Long gone. We finished up with Holt, who goes there. This chapter is Stonehenge Council, and I have to say, I love the bit that in the Stonehenge Council and this Randolph guy obviously waving around his big sword and whatever. Godric Gryffindor is like arguing with the Randolph dude and he says, I told you not to tempt me. I'm Godric Gryffindor and, and my vengeance is my father's vengeance. Wingardium Leviosa. And I've got in my head a picture of Inigo Montoya. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And then he gets out a sword and goes... And instead, Godric Gryffindor is like, here is my pansy little wand, let me float you. <laughs> what is that? Is that vengeance? It's a pussy spell. Oh my gosh, because the wand is the wand is better than the sword. What if he'd said Avada Kedavra instead? Yeah, but this is Gryffindor, and Gryffindor's not allowed to do bad things. Are you saying Gryffindor is a wuss? Doesn't he drop this guy on his head and he's like unconscious for a week or something, though? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, but he's like. Oh, he won't bother us for a few hours. <laughs> it's just the guy. The guy is like, you know, he's like, it, it's it should be Levacorpus, but anyway, he's like, put me down this instant, you know. You've got this big manly man coming in with his big manly mate, and and he Wingardium Leviosa's you, and you're in midair going, put me down this instant. <laughs> I was just amused with the way they came up with the name of Hogwarts. They're like Hog, Warts, Hog, Warts. Get it? <laughs> Because I was thinking that myself about a year ago. I'm like, Hogwarts. Like, who was on the naming commission? Now I know. Hogwarts. (laughs) Yeah. It's because they have statues of warthogs. Yay. Well, I forget what the hell I said in the last episode because we recorded it like 18 weeks ago. But we we seamlessly edit these things, so you would never know unless I told you. One of the things I love about this story is that usually when you think of the founders, you picture them like the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. They're up in their little chairs, all like old Dumbledore's chair. You know, he has the last one left. That's not how I picture them. And they're up. Well, I'm sure you had some type of smut angle on it. And you know they're all up, and, and they're all sitting there. And people walk up to them, and they're like, "Come forward, my children." And you come forward, and they like pat you on the little head and give you like you know like a savings bond or something, and send you off on your little merry way. So I'm picturing you know people like this. Then you meet them, and to a certain extent, you know obviously they're coming from nowhere. And you've got Salazar is a nice guy. Gryffindor and Slytherin are servants of the council when we first meet them. So it obviously shows that they're going to come a great deal of distance to get from who they are at the beginning of the story to who we know them as, the founders of Hogwarts. And the things which I think is very interesting in this story is that their parents are so much cooler and smarter than they are. Because you picture, like, Godric Gryffindor, like, he was the first cool guy in red, and then all others came from him. It's kind of cool when you look at Rowena Ravenclaw and you're like, yeah her mom was really cool. Like, usually you wouldn't think you'd go there. Like, you'd picture her mother, like, you know, was like a gas station attendant or something. And then her daughter Rowena formed Hogwarts. Hogwarts, 
So it, it was interesting because, I, like, in the last of the chapters, you have uh, Rosalind Ravenclaw, and they come to her house to pick up Rosalind, and Rosalind's like, um, excuse me, no, in the few minutes we've been talking, there's ten feet of snow outside now. You're trapped here for the entire winter season. And they open the door, and they can't get out to you. She's like, ha, 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 you are a grasshopper. And, like, she's so freaking cool. I just love that in the story, the fact that, that they're at Hogwarts. I, th- I believe Death Rule is trying to communicate with us. Yes, Death Rule. <laughs> no, I'm not trying to communicate with you. But some kind of noise is being made. It sounded like the space station was calling. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what the hell it means. All I know is Grasshopper, because Keza said it once. Yeah. Keza, are you here? It's from Come the in. pilot. Quiet part of the house. In I the pilot like episode of that series, the guy who eventually becomes... Wait, what series? Kung Fu. Kung Fu. The guy who eventually becomes the main character is just a little kid starting to learn these things at the temple, and his major teacher is a blind man who can hear absolutely everything. And the first time they meet, he asks him, what do you hear? He's like, well, there are some birds. I hear the water over there. Um, I guess we're breathing. He's like, do you hear the grasshopper at your feet? And he looks down and says, well, the heck did you know that? And so that's where the whole grasshopper thing comes from. Oh, I just thought it was someone like to call people grasshopper. Yeah, well, he always calls him Grasshopper now because they first met him and he couldn't hear the Grasshopper and now he can, so it's all cool. That's very deep. I like Mm -hmm. that. So Rosalind Ravenclaw is very deep. Ryan, her hubby Ryan, he caused some (laughs) wank. (laughs) He caused some wank on Puffwa, let me just tell you. Just a little. Ryan Raven Lord, the Lord of the Ravens, whatever the hell you guys name. Why do he and his wife have two different names? It concerns me. It's medieval. They don't have last names. Then what are Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, and Slytherin? Yeah, well, I don't know. (laughs) What? The founders. But those are their last names, I think. What are they? They're the founders. I know. He's being very literal when he gets a couple drinks into him, isn't he? (laughs) It's those mojitos. They'll do it every time. (laughs) They will. Yeah. So that was the one thing I really enjoyed about the story. Because when you make the the founders so one-dimensional, you don't care to read them because they they just don't jump off the page. And it's it's a boring way of trying to fill in the gaps in the traditional Harry Potter story. Now, because this has been the only founder fic I read and one that I really enjoyed... Every time I'm in Harriet Hogwarts story, when they mention Gryffindor, I can think of Godric, this Godric, who's been dead for a thousand years. And it, it's an interesting way of me being able to, to visualize the series from a different point. So I, I just wanted to start it off because I can't remember if I've ever said that before. That I just thought that was a really cool way of casting the story, having the, the founders start off as very, very, very different people and taking them on the journey. Mm-hmm. I will absolutely agree with that. I have started to read founder stories before, and the characters are just so one-dimensional, so not interesting at all. They're just uber-powerful, and there's nothing I care about these people. And there's always a Godric, Rowena, Salazar love triangle going on. Helga doesn't do much, does she? <laughs> For long stretches. Poor Helga. <laughs> it's like, Helga it's... always gets overlooked. It's not fair. Well, you almost expect to, like, Salazar, if, if it were, you know, a really one-dimensional story, he'd be walking around calling everyone a mudblood. You know what I mean? And Godric would be walking around, I must save people. I am brave. Look at my yep. sword. It'll become a collector's item. And you know what I mean? And, like, <laughs> you, you, you picture something like that. And Rowena's reading all the time, and, you can, and she doesn't have any lines. And I really loved in these chapters the fact that we actually got to see the founding of Hogwarts, and we got to find out what the history is of Hogwarts before it was Hogwarts. The fact that it was mm-hmm. that it was it was an abandoned fort long before 
you know, even a thousand years ago when they got a new purpose, the new lease on life, and you got to actually see the creation of the Great Hall, and you got to see the beginning of the story. And for, you know, most of it, I mean, I think it was just incredibly well done. I'm trying to even think as I was reading it, reading it, if there were any bits that I, I didn't enjoy. The only thing I thought was a little weird was the pacing of the later chapters, because it seems like, okay, I'm bad with names. Um, big... Uh, head dude, head council. Ambrosius. Ambrosius. He, yes, I, I buy stuff from his software company frequently. Worldwide search. Find these four guys. They have a horse with them. Like, they're not moving very quickly. Find them. And they take over an old fort, and they they start, like, a school system. And, and like, they're there for years, and it takes him that long to find them, whereas up until that point, he was like a day and a half behind them, and they were in the witness protection program. That was the only bit of the pacing that seemed a little off, and and it's made up for in the story. He, you know, he's on their on their trail, and he finds them, and once he finds them, that's it, and he's coming for them. And, and that bit was done well. I just thought it was convenient that they were able to have that much time in Hogwarts to put their school together. It was the only bit but that seemed. But did they have the charms around it? Well, they had the terms around it, but also I think it's because where they were at first, they were in towns and other populated areas, and so they always kind of gave themselves away somehow, and yeah. people noticed them. Whereas where they are now, where the castle is, they're in a very isolated area. There's only a few people that know that they're even out there. The so only people who know they're there is Godric's mom and Salazar's sister and her husband, who is like, Restraint duct tape yeah. the whole time. I am the master of this household, and the pregnant woman scares him, and he like goes in the corner and cries. But I think not many people even know the old fort was there. Yeah, everyone stayed away from it because of the monster that's supposedly there. Yeah. Are we sure right. it's a squid? We're sure the monster is the giant squid. No, that, did the we monster ever show up? I don't remember the in monster. In these chapters, we see no monster. Helga thinks the monster is the warthog statues, the warthog. and then they turn out to be statues. Helga is very easily frightened. It's a statue. Like, it was in Chamber of Secrets when Tom Riddle was going down the stairs. Like, it's a statue of a warthog. Oh, and they're on the gate. They put them on the gate. They, they put them on the gate. You know what I like about the founding of Hogwarts? It was never said in the canon why they established this school, right? And you can sort of make it up. And I get the feeling these four people, they were friends and they said, oh, let us be educationers and we will make a school and here is a castle and voila, you know. Yeah. But I like the way it's built up and the education is a way, basically, it's like a revolutionary movement. Yeah. They're subverting mm-hmm. their society. Yeah. Getting yeah, people away from Ambrosius. Yeah, because from the canon, you get the sense like they got a government grant to open a school. Yeah. I can't wait until we get into parts of the story where I hope you see you know, Slytherin turn away from the other friends and, and so forth and see where the events that we hear of in the canon actually happened. We see the Wizarding World in Harry's time, and it's separate from the Muggle world, and there's all these charms around Hogwarts to keep the Death Eaters out and to keep the Muggles from seeing the school. And of course, we should let the Muggles into the school because the Muggles, you know, they're no match for us, and we can do all these awful things to them with magic, but we choose not to. So of course, we'll let Hermione come, and of course, it's the right thing to do. But when you look back at this time, it makes sense to think we need the protections to protect us, uh, you know. From the Muggles. 
they can't protect us from the muggles. the muggles are out to burn them at the stake. Right, but and primarily from the wizards, too, because you need protections from the wizards, too, whereas it's, you know, yes. basically protect the school from the criminals in Harry's time. It's protect us from everybody this time, because everyone's right. against us. It is a revolution. It's a different way of doing things, and we need to teach the children, and it's the only way we're going to have some type of lasting change in the world, but... It's a subversion of the children. You think, they're, they're going to get them while they're young and indoctrinate them. But it, at this point, like, even the point is raised that the, the world is so unfocused. You have a government, you know, the council is, is, for all intents and purposes, the government, and the council cares nothing for the people whatsoever. And that is interesting, because usually when you think of corrupt governments, you think of a government that tries to make the face of the government the one that cares for the people when it, it does a really crappy job of it. Usually you won't see a government that like basically walks out and literally gives the people the finger. Usually they try and put a spin on it to make it look like that's not what they're doing. But this government's apparently a little bit farther beyond ours. But you have... No education system whatsoever. Parents educate the children. All the parents are, are functioning off of different criteria. They leave things out. Things are lost over time. And if there's not a universal attempt to preserve the culture and to preserve you know, the spells and to, and to move everything to the next generation, the society is just in the crumble. So I don't think it's indoctrination. I mean, at some point, you've got to, as a society, teach the next generation what you know. There's some of both. They think they need to change the government so their society can survive. But also, in order to change the government, they need to get more people on their side. And by training the children themselves, the children will both know more and be able to keep the society up. And they'll be sort of beholden to them for having given them this training. Yeah, I mean, there's there's certainly a level that they want to get the loyalty of the people, but you know, I don't get the sense that the four founders are in any way in this for themselves. And Death, I'll ask you because you brought the point up. I mean, I don't get the sense that they're trying to offer an alternative to the society that the, the council and the wizarding government is creating. I think they're trying to create some type of infrastructure because you don't get the sense that there's really anything that the existing government's doing at all. Yeah, the existing government is is, is yeah. looking out for themselves and doing yeah. whatever they're giving themselves they giant want. bonuses and um, doing right. nothing else. These four are trying to do something, but I don't get the sense that they're offering the alternative because I don't get the sense that the regular world and the council and Ambrosius and everyone are doing anything at all. So I think that it's trying to create a future where where there will be none otherwise. Which mm-hmm. I think is an interesting way to put it. There's still there... conflict, though, because Ambrosius doesn't want them to be doing this that they're doing, even though he isn't doing anything that's directly against that. It's just he wants to be the most powerful wizard, and if they become this symbol of they're creating infrastructure and they're learning and everybody's learning all these different kinds of spells, then he won't be the top guy anymore. Death, did you have a comment on that? No, I, I wasn't implying the good or bad of what the founders are attempting to do here. I'm just pointing out they're taking these children when they're very young and imposing their views on how the world ought to work. Yeah, Regardless of how you feel about it, that is indoctrination. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, that's what I think everyone in the world does try and teach your kids, what it is that you believe, whether it's good or bad. I'm just pointing out that the way to change society is by going after the children. It's straight out of the Revolutionary's Handbook. Which is interesting, because you don't get the sense that these people read any type of manual. I love, I'm calling her Mama well, Griff. about it perfectly. Well, not really, because they get to Hogwarts, and they, their number one task is putting up the gates with the boar on the thing. And then after week four, Mama Ravenclaw, I'm sorry, Mama Slytherin, okay, let's... 
Name another founder. Let's try that again. And I thought I had the two Legitos. <laughs> All right, let, let's back the truck up. Who's left? Mama Gryffindor is she looking has at a name. Her name is Mama Gryffindor. Mama Gryffindor is looking around and she's like, "Um, dudes, it's like almost winter. You're going to freeze to death. Could I recommend walls? Um, can I say we have magic and it can make fire? Yeah, but magic and fire won't are protect from winter. Are you a wizard or aren't you? <laughs> well, they have magic. They can make walls. Apparently exactly. it's not that easy, though, because it took him two years to make the Great Hall. Yeah, you have to... Magic only works so far, you also have to have building materials. Well, there's that as well. I'm waiting for, wouldn't, like, in Harry's time, a thousand years later, the wall they, starts like, falling down in the middle of lunch, like, oh god, this thing was crappily put together. They, like, conjured yeah. the walls and, like, sit, like fell apart as the spell wore off. Yes, they could probably use magic to protect themselves from the weather, but then you'd have, like, one of them having to hold their wand up in the air to keep the ceiling on. At all times, so it works a little bit better if it's a self-supporting structure. Then at one point they're like, yeah, "I think at some point we're gonna die." <laughs> like the next guy might want the walls to still be here. We should make it more. Per- well, then it's like you wonder how big the school will get in their time and how much future headmasters and future faculty will add to it because it's a really big school like i played the game like and seriously like in in the bathroom from from the half-blood prince movie where harry um seven Sentra, no not what's the damn spell the one sectum sempra sectum sempra's uh draco there's like 45 urinals in that room did salazar put them in or were they put in by a future plumber i must know There was a great deal of work put to Hogwarts, but I did enjoy the fact that they forgot to put the walls in place until Mama Gryffindor pointed out that yeah. they, didn't have, they didn't have walls. I think it's interesting that it makes a lot of sense, but they bring up they have to charge something for the parents to bring their kids to be taught. Otherwise, they'll just take it for granted and they won't think anything of it. So they think, well, these people are poor. We can't just tell them, hand over all your gold every month. Why not get them to build us furniture or the various other things that they need? I thought it was interesting that they never considered tuition until someone asked them what the tuition was. Never crossed their minds. And they literally handle it, all of them with their best Peter Griffin expressions on. staring with wide eyes at the question, you know, how much does it cost? Wide eyes stare. 20 Uh. second moment of silence. It's like from when they shook hands to the first draft where they beat Ron for 20 minutes. Long moment of silence. And someone's like, (laughs) we'll be right back. And they all run outside. (laughs) What do we do now? They want money. Then they're like, they can help us build the school first. You know, I can picture was Harry from the Psychic Serpent Trilogy building Vernon a new roof. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right. Landscaping, well, it's in the blood. Okay, you brought up Psychic Serpent. I will bring up Psychic Serpent as well. Salazar's sister reminds me so, so much of Jamie Potter. Yeah, but mm-hmm. older and pregnant and married to a really large man, yes. But, you know, that that was just the general read on the character, and all I could picture was the same description. Yeah, because she had the dark hair, because I was waiting for her to have blonde hair, because I keep picturing Tom Felton in a wig playing the role. But, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, picture the movie. Like, Tale of a Lot, Time Long Gone, the movie. Like, picture it. It's weird. And I do like the fact that everyone's a little bit different from their characters originally. In fact, I was nervous, because when the story began, it, it immediately described Slytherin wearing all green and, like, snakes everywhere. I'm like, okay, that's the stereotype. <laughs> Couldn't he have, like, a picture of a goat or something on him, and maybe over time he became a snake man? I don't know. You know, this is Bernard, my goat. 
Was I the only one that was picturing Salazar's brother-in-law wearing like one of those little beanies on his head that has like the little wheel that spins? Um, I think so. Okay. Keza has um, an interruption. She thinks they're gone. What's happened is a bunch of Jehovah Witnesses have come to Keza's house in the middle of the podcast, so she's hiding. Keza, welcome back. Hi. No, um, Mr. Keza came home. And he. Oh, I see. <laughs> was just I eating. see. Yeah, of <laughs> no. Kids are running around. Please. Did you inform him of your upcoming child. <laughs> I, think, I think they had to hey, go but create. He leave. He just kept sitting there, and he like takes a phone call, and I'm like, "Could you get out?" P.S. I think they've induced pregnancy. Their child will be taught to share by Billadama. <laughs> because Billadama likes the color red. Our listeners are trying to figure out what the hell is happening. This spaceship this brought to you by the letter R and the color green. <laughs> in honor of the fact that Keza is now carrying number four. You make it sound like a Cylon. <laughs> She's carrying number four. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Is the father. Wait, was, wait, 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 wait. What? Keza? You're pregnant? Yeah, it just no, happened like 20 not. seconds ago. It's very new. <laughs> if, you, if you talk loudly, you could disrupt it. Like, it's brand spanking new. In other words, no, Ryan is lying to you again. Rinna had a dream in which I was. <laughs> so, like, so we'll call it a nightmare because that is what it could be. <laughs> You're only 36. I think you've gone over to the bad place. Wait, where am I sharing here? We were talking about how Bill likes to share. No, before that. Oh, okay. My laptop died. So I had to reload all my music onto my new computer. So now it's on my iPod and I didn't set up my playlist. So now everything is alphabetical. So I'm literally taking a walk at lunch and I'm starting with the letter A. And I'm just listening to whatever the hell is on my iPod. And then I go to the letter B. I found the Peon cast recording the night that baby Lee, Gen 1's baby, was born. And they edited the thing together for the podcast to be played, you know, the following week, you know, celebrating, you know, where they were when Lee was born. And yeah. they even joke on it, this thing's not going to come out for like a month until he's a month old. He's almost a year old and still hasn't come out. So we're going <laughs> to add it in right here in celebration of Keza's newly induced pregnancy. <laughs> Which is a lie! <laughs> Congratulations, well, you never know. Congratulations. Has anybody heard about Jen? No, I just checked. Okay. Well, there goes my pool date. <laughs> It was today. Well, no. Well, you've been asleep, so you don't know. At four o'clock my time, so what, three hours ago? Yeah. Three and a half hours ago, she was in labor, according to Ryan. Oh, my. And well, I may get it after all. As far as we got, let me check this. <laughs> Who's the one that said they've induced pregnancy? That was me. <laughs> you. I don't get why there's such big confusion. Labor, not pregnancy. Labor. (laughs) Well, that's what I meant. I mean, come on. Honestly. Inducing pregnancy is what happens at the very beginning of the whole thing. Yes, because I explained that. But, yeah. I I knew what you meant. (laughs) Everyone should have known what I meant. Obviously, she can't induce a pregnancy anymore. Peter was an opportunistic person. I don't think he really I'm sorry, at- I have to interrupt you. We what? have a baby. <gasps> <You're> really? <laughs> Yay! Oh, Elvin 
York is here. Oh dang. I didn't get the Oh dang. my gosh, oh my gosh. So who won the bet then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Podcast history. Do they have a name or like His name is well, Lee. Yeah. His Lee. name is Lee. Do we have a weight? Um I'm getting this from Ryan. What do you expect? Oh my god. <laughs> name Ryan? Did he post it? I don't know, he's Skyping it to me. <laughs> yeah, somebody posted it. Yeah, he did. Congratulations, Jen. Seven, five, 20 inches Weasley hair. Oh, <laughs> hair. <laughs> Yay! Oh, my God. oh, my God. And Jen's doing okay then, too. And Oh, they've even got a banner up already. <laughs> oh, they do. <laughs> oh, so the first baby of Poofa. Oh, my gosh. Seven, five, 20. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yay. I'm trying to remember what I had. I gotta find it. Aww. She promises to have lots of videos up as soon as the chugs wear off. <laughs> Why wait? Everybody was like, it's gonna be a huge baby. <laughs> Lost Wind said it was January 26th, 7 pounds, 12 ounces. And I had January 26th, 7 pounds, 15 ounces, so Lost Wind was closer. I'm looking to see. 8 pounds, no, that's too far for Ray. Raceive was too big. Um, Keza, Keza has January 26, 7 pounds, 4 ounces. Oh, no. no. Keza's <laughs> close. Keza, I mean, Keza got it. Oh, my God. And we have 20, no, that's the 24th. I'm looking. <laughs> I think Keza got it. I think she was the closest. Wow. Let's see. She's good. The farthest away. <laughs> yeah. Who was the furthest away? Keza's the furthest in the, away on the planet. She's she's halfway around the world, and yet she was closest. Oh. 20 inches? 20 inches. Wow. That's great. Induced pregnancy. That was P.S. that said oh. induced pregnancy. We had lots of induced pregnancies. Yeah. <laughs> Kayla said it, and then P.S. responded to it. Oh, man, did everyone get after me for that one? That was I think so Keza funny. had to explain. So I asked if Jen was okay, and he responded, yes, she is. She called it in. She Oh, she called it. She has no mad cow anymore, right? No, the mad cow went away. Okay, good. Mad cow? Well, she thought she was having a really bad pregnancy, but it turned out she had E. coli. Yes, I know. Oh, right, E. coli. Sorry. Well, they called it mad cow in the podcast, so, I mean, I knew what you meant. <laughs> okay, good. Well, he had everybody believing she got pregnant on a boat. Come on. We should insert clip of Ryan just lies to me. <laughs> I wrote to Ryan. We just announced this on the podcast. He said, I hope it comes out before he's putty trained. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> oh, that's probably going to be it. Yeah, it'll be in March or something. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let me, let me verify one more time. Keza was January 26th, 7 pounds, 4 ounces. Keza wins. Yay, Keza. Woo! Well, that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> this is the whole reason we're like late, late for the podcast because we had to be doing it when it happened. Right. <laughs> Ryan says, Keza knows daylight savings saved her. You know what sucks? I knew they were going to induce today, and I still lost the pool. Yeah, he did. He had it for tomorrow for seven ounces, or was it 
six pounds, six ounces or something like that. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. My, my, my. Aw, she's going to be a fun mom. Oh, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Lee is going to have lots and lots of aunts and uncles online, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Everyone's going to be mm-hmm. whipping out the baby pictures in their wallet. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing to be surrounded by Potterfic Weekly growing up. <laughs> were we podcasting? Yeah. Where were we in the actual podcasting about the fic thing? I don't remember. We were talking about the fact that Snape did not change. Yes, thank you. Okay. Wow. And Scott just fell over. You okay, Scott? Scott. Scott. Scott, come back! Oh, don't mind me. Just <laughs> dropping the headset on the floor. Are you, are you okay? <laughs> uh, I'm fine. The headset is very loose and falls off my head if I look down for too long. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so where are we up to since I was just not here for a while? Slytherin wears green, Gryffindor wears red, and Ryan is offended by stereotypes. Well, I was concerned in the beginning that the first we get of Salazar back in Chapter 1 is a guy in a green outfit walking around with, like, a snake on his shoulder. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> well, we do find out that he has a snake in these chapters tonight, and the snake's oh, still name is Maureen. Every Wonderful. time I see Salazar with this snake, it just makes me think of the psychic serpent. <laughs> <laughs> it does! He's even got a wrapped around his wrist! <laughs> Yeah. Is he going to turn it into a blow-up doll? That looks like his sister, because his sister is Jamie Potter. I just know that the last time we recorded these chapters, I had some really intelligent and smart things to say, and I wish I could remember what the hell they were. <laughs> it's been a while. We've got two more podcasts in the story. I'm sure we can pull ourselves together before then. I remember thinking, that's how we got to the whole love triangle thing, and talking about Godric and Rowena have obviously got a thing for each other, and I remember, you know, when they're in the council... Mm-hmm. And he's ordered to take her life to kill Rowena, and that's how he snaps yeah. through the, the bond, spell. that servant bond. Yeah. I remember that's because I wanted to know how they were going to get away from that because obviously they have to stop being their servant for the story to go anywhere. Like it's not going to progress if they don't. And I like the way that that yeah came be a short because, story. We want to start yeah, a school. Well, no. <laughs> all right. <that's- laughs> but all the council, like, they combined all their will. And they're like, you know, servant Gryffindor, take her life. And he's like, no, it must not take life. And they combine their wills and they're like, you know, mind controlling him. Take her life, take her life. Get your sword out, you know, slice her head off. You know, and he's and like, it's got the not- old Star Trek theme music. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And then Kelga is like, no, you can't do that. She's your friend. And I'm like, she's going to be your lover. I just know it. You can't die. The entire house is named after you. (laughs) My density has bought me to you. I'm George. George McFly. I'm your density. I mean, your destiny. (laughs) I love the scene, too, because they get to Stonehenge to the council and she literally walks up to, to head dude whose software I love and Ambrosius. walks up to him, Ambrosius and literally she just looks at him and you're picturing you know the conversation that they're about to have and the these and the thighs and it's a thousand years ago and yeah. there's armor involved and it's literally one step below she looks at him you dick <laughs> 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 
Like, it just is so straightforward. I'm like, I even could follow that. Well done. Just, I'm like, you are Jimmy Weasley's godmother, I can tell. So. Now, do they explain to us exactly how they get out of the building? Did I miss that? Yes, they, they, run. they run. The chapter begins with, okay, this is going to be unsettling, because they're not going to still be there. But don't worry, I'll explain everything. And I'm like, did they outrun the yep. bullets? Like, There's a flashback. They ran and all the council are sort of sitting there going, why has our minding not worked? We we have minded and, and thrown our mind thoughts at them and this should have worked. Why has it not worked? And they're all just sitting there going, uh. And, and meanwhile, they're like running like mad, you know, and they, they can get past the Randolph guy because they've dropped him on his head and he's out for mm-hmm. like a week. And they're just running, running. And eventually the people in the council are going, oh, wait, we must get them because... If we do not get them, they will get away. Quick, get them. And so they make it out of the Stonehenge council chamber and everything before they are chased. And then they're like, oh, we're being chased. Go, 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 go. And they made it to the getaway jeep. and then They're like the stormtroopers. Close the blast door. No, no, open it again. No, oh, wait. (laughs) Well, I just love the entire chain of events, how things occur. So they run really fast, and they get to the jeep, and they drive away. And they're being followed. They try to go to the supermarket, and the bad guys are waiting for them at the supermarket. So they try going to CVS, and they're waiting for them at CVS. So you picture them trudging through frozen lakes, and they're going through fields, and they're walking, walking everywhere, and they cannot catch a break. And they need to find a place where they can go that no one will ever suspect they'll be. And they can finally hide out. And Salazar's like, I get it! We'll go to my sister's house. They'll never look there. <laughs> so they get to the sister's house. And within 12 hours, the bad guys have surrounded the house. So they can't go there. So then they're like, we will go to... Scotland, we must go far to Scotland, and then they go to, they're like, we, we, you know, we screwed up that time, we screwed up, we went to Slytherin's sister's house, it bombed, we could never go back there. Gryffindor, I get it, we're going to my mom's place, <laughs> so then they go back <laughs> on the road, they go back to his mother's house, and then they're like, okay, we, we can't stay here, because as we saw last time, they will find us, where can we go? And she's like, I have it. There is the abandoned castle at the end of the road. It's like the Obama stimulus plan. <laughs> they literally like start overhauling the damn thing. I still think it's funny it took them a solid year to find them there. Like they even put a giant pig at the front door. <laughs> that doesn't scream new occupant under new management. Nothing does. I don't know. When they were running from them, it was kind of like they shot themselves in the foot because yeah. Ambrosius, he won't let anybody ride a horse within, what is it, a half a mile or something like that. So they're so paranoid that when it comes time to chase them, there's nothing to chase them with except for on foot. And they've already got that head start. So they made it out. Whereas if he hadn't been so paranoid about allowing people nearby with horses, then this story might have been a short story. Do you think he's Fudge's great, 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 great grandfather? <laughs> you know, Absolutely. I think there's a possibility. I'm picking up some common threads. Last time we were talking about the characterization in general and what we were saying before about that they're more than one dimensional portraits that, you know, night to you as you go past and we'll talk about the characterization being just really good and, and making it interesting and seeing some of the characterizations of the canon characters that we know like Hermione and everyone in these characters was it Ginny was sort of like Rowena a bit right mm-hmm. she has elements of Ginny in her not really very much of Hermione but she was more Ginny I think was what I, we were I, saying. I read Helga is a lot of Hermione in her. 
it's not like you know Emma Watson wearing a Helga wig. Almost a combination yeah. of Hermione and Lavender, of all people. I would say that's a really <laughs> bad example for me because Emma Watson doesn't remind me of Hermione very often. But Rowena is almost like Ginny but a bookworm. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it so good. It's not, oh, here, let me turn Harry into Gryffindor and Draco into Slytherin. And, and, and taking their whole characters, what you've got is Harry called Gryffindor and what you've got is Ginny called Ravenclaw. You've got elements of them mm-hmm. taking what we know and what we love about the characters in canon, those parts of them, and putting them into these characters, and it breathes life into them really, really well, I think. I just want to point out there was one moment in here where someone looks at Salazar and he's like, you Slytherin. And I'm like, yeah, oh, last name, right, you are a Slytherin, <laughs> because you're so used to just having the stereotypes be used to define the people. And so it's interesting, like, Salazar's a really good guy in these chapters, and you can look back and say, well, you know, Sly- I know Death is right now having a coronary, but most people have the stereotype of Slytherins as the bad guys, or, you know, the evil people, or the, or the you know, overly ambitious people. So it's interesting to look back and have a different understanding of the character, which I think is really positive. I have always had that understanding of the character. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just picturing Slytherin and Hufflepuff. Like, I'm picturing where the two houses ended up. With each- <laughs> like, the- it's like, if you have a moron, you don't know where to stick. I'm stuck on Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? I get that now. I just watched the damn musical. I finally got it. I laughed and laughed and laughed. But... <laughs> Ten points to Dumbledore. That's the best line in the whole musical. Ten points to Dumbledore. (laughs) I was just saying before that I like that Puffy and Slytherin are best friends. They're best buds. They're tight. They're hanging out together. They're matchmaking. There is something going on there. Don't you think it's by default a little bit too? There's four of us. They obviously have a thing. No. No. That's what I like about it. I don't think it is default. I think they actually like each other and complement each other. Mm-hmm. Remind me, in the first chapter, who did did they want? Did um, did Papa Hufflepuff want to set Helga up with Godric or with Salazar? With Salazar, wasn't it? Either oh, of them. I don't think he was. Yeah, he, he was. He? Yeah, he, he <laughs> no, I don't think he cared. He just wanted what he didn't care which one. It didn't matter as long as one yeah. of them married her. Yeah, the but when they met again, they were both they were yes. both preferred Slytherin. Rowena was much dismayed to be stuck with Godric. I just pulled it up. The- I am Sigmund Hufflepuff, and this is my wife Gunhild. We have a query for the two fine <laughs> 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 <I'm> gentlemen. Who names you? And then Salazar answers them, I am Salazar Slytherin. This is my friend and companion, Godric Gryffindor. Companion. <laughs> <laughs> Noble sirs, blah, blah, blah. We've got a kid here, needs to get married. Please marry her. We've um, got a kid for you. <laughs> and Salazar is like, no, thank you. We are not looking for a wife. And so Helga's mother is like, oh, you already got one. And he's like, um, no, but, and they're like, well, then, you know, just do it. And him, they're kind of like trying to get out of it. <laughs> and uh, Salazar speaks the most and they start, you know, oh, she's 13, she can sew, she can, all this stuff. And Godric's just sitting there going, she's only 13. <laughs> but, so, I know, I it's like a Matt Shark harmless. It's like she can crochet. <laughs> Mini golf. Yes. Like, it's like, who cares? Slytherin's reaction yes. just goes to prove that he is not a bagel. There you go. I don't know, Kessa, when you read it like that, I can totally see where Mike got the whole Salazar yeah. project. This is my friend and companion. We're not looking for a wife. We're from Massachusetts. Yeah. Perhaps you've heard of it. 
Okay, well, see, I didn't read it like that, but anyway. I love the fact that her mother's name is Brunhilde. No, it's Gunhild. Gunhild? G-U-N-H-I-L-D, Gunhild. Gunhild and Sigmund. They're the fun group. I want to know how these German people got it. Yes! German! That's not supposed to be what? And Hufflepuff. I'm like, they're very, very German. It should be like Huffin Puffin. Puffin? Puffin puffins? <laughs> like, it should be sounding more German than that. That sounds German to you. If you want to know, P.S., I'll tell you it could be Angle, Jute, or Saxon. Huffle Germanic Puffin. tribes that um, invaded England and Wales and the various other attached But would places. they still be named Brunhilde and Dagmar? Gunhild. We prefer Brunhilde. Well, Helga is pretty Germanic. Yeah. Oh my god, it's canon and we're mocking it. This is what always happens. I'm sorry. Yeah, but Sigmund and, and Gunhild aren't canon. That's true. But, yeah. but Helga is. Ryan but, yeah. and Roslyn. Oh my god, it's like I a Battlestar Galactica dream. When you say Roslyn like that, I picture Mama Ravenclaw as Laura Roslyn. I can see that. <laughs> Laura would totally be a Ravenclaw. No, nah, she'd be a Gryffindor. Laura would be a Gryffindor. Okay, we're not going down that oh, road. We're not going down that road. <laughs> we're not going down that road. I did like the fact that we did get to see the parents of all four founders. We obviously have Mama Gryffindor. She's a strong believer in walls. And every time someone knocks on the door in the middle of the night, she's like, I will not let this household be overrun. Everyone to your action stations. She's like McGonagall. Death gone, too. Yeah, she, she's ready. She definitely does have the common sense. She's like, oh, by the way, I thought you might, you know, want food while you're living in this castle. It's kind of a necessary thing. Yeah. Yeah. Would, you like an, would you like an onion, perhaps? An onion? And she totally gets Godric and Rowena. She's the old lady sitting in the corner going, uh-huh, yeah, you're going to admit it to yourselves eventually. Uh-huh. Yep. Then she looks at Salazar. And them on I the hand and leaves. She looks at Salazar. I changed all your diapers. You have no secrets for me. <laughs> Her number one concern is food to make it through the winter. Their number one concern is we have to get the boar by the gate. If the boar is out there. <laughs> well, it's a very She's primal like across... to mark your territory. I think there might be faster ways no, I to think do it. Mama Gryffindor is a cross between Minerva McGonagall and Molly Weasley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see she that. Did. That works. Then we have Mama Ravenclaw, who calls everybody Grasshopper. And we have <laughs> Ryan Ravenclaw, Papa Ravenclaw, rest in peace, Raven Lord, Lord of the Ravens, King of the... Ryan Raven Lord! Ryan Raven Lord. <laughs> sounds like he's from Brooklyn. Ryan Raven Lord. <laughs> and you Don't have, do that. I will try and stop it. You have Salazar's sister, her lovely family, and her dope of a husband. He may be an oaf, Godric, but he's my oaf. My oaf. Is anybody else here, Ron, in the very other musical? Oh, my God. Lay off, Malfoy. She may be a pain in the ass, okay? She's my pain in the ass. He was. No, wait. He is Ron, because he's completely stubborn and won't listen to reason, and he knocks people around, but he cries when you yell at him. It's Ron. (laughs) It's Ron married to Jamie Potter. <laughs> Your brother's the guy with the snake. It's weird. It's like it's like central casting. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. That's oh really boy. Cool. Okay, mm-hmm. we're missing the most important scene of the chapters, though. Godric and Rowena Ravenclaw try and nail something. Yeah, that doesn't work very well. I thought it was Salazar. I don't know. I have in my notes that Salazar shoots Rowena with a nail gun. I thought it was Godric. <laughs> Maybe. Was it Godric? I don't know. No, 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 I'm sorry. It was Salazar. You're right. It was Salazar because... <laughs> Godric and Sal- Rowena weren't speaking at that point. Right, because Salazar literally nails her to, like, the front of the house. <laughs> and she yeah. screams bloody murder. So Helga, like, 
they take the nail out and like it's like there's a hole in the middle of her hand and she's screaming at him and he's like I tried to nail it I I'm I, I'm usually good with tools and Helga says this might sting a bit eight <laughs> miles away down by the stream Godric hears a loud scream and comes running. Well, yeah. I don't know how the heck it happened because you're swinging a hammer and holding a nail in your hand. It's not like they have nail guns or they're using magic to drive the nails in, which they should be, but he's they're not. He's really dope because he's probably holding the nail like in front of him in the middle of the air and just going to hit it with the thing and hope it propels him into the board. And like she turns and it, what? And he smacks her with the hand. I don't know. I mean, I, I sure hope he's not having her hold the nail and he hits it with the hammer. No, but then he would only hit her hand with the hammer but not nail her. It's funny. It's Somehow her hand in the way or something. it's weird yeah i just didn't enjoy that trouble. scene where it's like this might sting a bit and of course they both that. tried to drown themselves at the end yeah. that may be in the next chapter i believe it is i believe we end tonight with the disappearance of godric i, oh, I remember I... that from the last time we tried to do this podcast we can were all trying to predict <laughs> who took godric no. and someone would have said it was the songs <laughs> so let me ask you what is the name of the guy that ambrosia software sent after the four founders what is his name Marcus, I think. Marcus the Enforcer. Marcus the Enforcer is not Marcus really... Marcus Gregory. Marcus Gregory. Doesn't it sound like you're like yelling at the small child, Marcus Gregory? Marcus Gregory. <laughs> Michael Elizabeth. Marcus Gregory is not really good at what he does. Because picture this. He's standing down by the boar head. And he's looking up saying, someone froze to death by putting this up here. And the four founders come down the hill and he's like, I am here to kill you. Step forward for death. And they're like, mwahaha, you prick. We have a shield up. And then Rowena's is like, the shield is down for repairs. <laughs> it's down for repairs and maintenance. So then they have to glare him down. And they're like, we must kill you, Marcus Gregory, because we will not go without a fight. And he's like, I will leave now. I will come back with others. My thing is, why are you bring the others with you then? He wanted the glory of taking him down himself. Their shield yes. was down. Shoot him! The... Just shoot him! You never bring the shield down for maintenance? What is that? That's bad planning. <laughs> That's not good. You never take the shield down. Well, she did just make up the spell, like, two weeks ago, so... It's true, too. They have the equivalent of, like, the door is closed, and there's, like, a chair up under the knob to, like, hold it. That's their defense. Brilliant! We have the uh, town hall meeting, which, I'm sorry, all I could picture was Gilmore Girls and the town hall meetings and Gilmore Girls. That was unfortunate. But that's where we get the, uh... The Phoenix I am Knights. brave Lord Gryffindor of the Wild Moor. This brooding man beside me is shrewd Lord Slytherin of the Fen. The darling-looking girl is sweet Lady Hufflepuff of... Carowin Valley, yeah. and last but certainly not least, if you want to keep my health, oh, if I want to keep my health, that is, Fair Lady Ravenclaw of the Glen. I like when um, Salazar's talking to his snake, because Godric and Rowena are fighting again, and the snake is just like, oh, it's just ridiculous. They should just make up and they should mate. And Salazar, like, chokes at his breakfast. What is it? It's a bit more difficult for humans, Maureen. And Maureen's like, you make things so complicated. Just get down. Get busy. Don't you see how emotionally difficult this is for Salazar to watch Godric (laughs) mating with Rowena? He doesn't have to watch them. Are we talking about something else here? I feel like we're talking about, like, through metaphor here. Doesn't P.S. seem like she's personally involved? Don't you know how hard it is? I think it's very sad. Salazar's going to think for Puffy. Come on. He doesn't care 
get busy? I'm picturing Salazar. They're actually conspiring to get them together, so, yeah. yeah. When, when Salazar and Helga finally get together, he'll call her his little Huffin Puffin or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> oh, dear. I thought you were going to say he call her Godric by mistake. <laughs> Why do that? I can't believe you're shipping that now. Come on. Huffin Puffin. I left alone here. Well, I have a feeling by the time I get on tomorrow on the forum, all the Hufflepuffs will be Huffin Puffins. <laughs> PS's new name is Zops, by the way. XOPS. Why? XOPS. It's apparently Zops, which sounds like a monster. Makes <laughs> you sound Muppet. like a one eyed monster. One eyed, one horn, blind, purple people eater. To me, Zops is like a one eyed green monster. Like, let's type Zops into Google and see what happens. Oh, there is a Zops official homepage. That reminds me. I was reading this story, right? It's Mm -hmm. Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Jules has been reading this Percy Jackson thing, so I thought, oh, you know, well, I will go and read it because I need something to read. So I open up the book, and I'm very interested in the story. And as I'm reading along, I'm like, this is good. And then Percy Jackson says the name of something, and everyone shuts up. Don't use the name. Names are very powerful. I'm like, oh, Harry Potter. And then the next thing I find out, Percy Jackson has black hair and green eyes. I'm like, oh, Harry Potter. And I'm just like, (laughs) But his name is Percy. I can't hear Percy without seeing Percy Weasley. Yeah, his name's actually Perseus, actually. But anyway, I'm not very far in the book, but I was just looking at how there's a few similarities. Because you know how things in Harry Potter are drawn from the great big bowl of story things and you pick one of these and one of these and one of these and you put together a story and yeah that, that's I, how I write all my fix just take things from the balls <laughs> the big bowl of stories so I'm interested to see where this is going because so far he's killed a mon- um, the minotaur Minotaur. How do you say that? It's the Greek Minotaur, beast. Yeah. Minotaur, Minotaur. Minotaur. With the horn, and I'm pretty sure it's only got one eye. It's half a bull. And, well, and I'm not like that. The Zops was making me think of this Minotaur that Percy Jackson I'm had killed. I'm not a Zops. And now, and this is the piste de resistance, he's at Camp Half-Blood. So. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, very Harry Potter. Snape's I'm going to show up as the camp cook. <laughs> There's a little dumpy guy. Is, is the camp director, and he says, "Yeah, welcome to Camp Half Blood. Don't expect me to be excited to see you." And he goes back to playing his game or whatever. I'm like, that's an interesting character. But anyway, that is this book that I have started to read, which has nothing to do with the fic because the fic is about apparently a slash love. A slash love. It's not I'm, slash. I'm still calling P.S. Zops. By the way, okay, can I say? last night I was really trying to explain P.S.'s writing techniques and style and the types of stories she chooses to write to Danielle in the car on the way home and we're using Doctor Who as a guide and she's like well you know it's a love triangle and between Rose yeah, and that the Doctor. A, that's absolutely an exaggeration of the actual proceedings. It was well it was no it was I, what was it we were saying the Doctor, Rose and Jack and it was a love triangle yes. and, and, and I'm like. It's not a love triangle. No okay so, what was okay give us your impression. Three. It's just well, the three of them. But I don't think Danielle was getting oh. the fact that you actually wrote them in bed together. But the doctor isn't actually gay. That, can okay. we just have her say gay again? That was. <laughs> that's, I love. That's like 
my most favorite Australian word now. Say it again, Keza. Gay. My old favorite Australian Gay. word was aircon, but my new favorite Australian word. How often does she say aircon? Wasn't it evaporative? Oh, yeah, evaporative. Evaporative. <laughs> evaporative. What is so Australian about the way I just said gay? It was like gay. 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 The dip song. It's awesome. <laughs> gay. The doctor that is not gay. Mm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Scott is unimpressed with, with your analysis. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. That's what well, like, I'm not. He's not I'm hetero so or gay. gay. He's just doesn't do anything sexual. It doesn't work. Uh, somewhere I was reading, I don't remember who or where, I'll, might have been on the forum. Someone Hold on, can we get PS a moment to calm down? This is PS laughing said. maniacally. <laughs> the way you said it doesn't work. The last time she laughed like this, she fell off the podcast. Does he need? Does he need Petrificus Totalis? Well, if, if the other guy wants to enjoy it, yes. <laughs> what was that? Oh my god! <laughs> I think we've <laughs> killed P.S. Oh, dear. We broke P.S. I was just going to say that someone somewhere the Hold other on. day. Buddy, you all right? Hey, it's buddy. funny. All right. <laughs> someone the other day. Right. They wanted to read fix, but they didn't want Slash because they were sick of the fact that all these fan fiction writers would write a story where the main plot was... Oh, I must come out of the closet. <laughs> and I'm like, this is how I feel. Why must we turn all the characters gay? Why can't there be a heterosexual left in this world? But I have to leave because J.K. Rowling is speaking at Carnegie Hall. And I have to see what she comes up with tonight. <laughs> like the only definitively gay character in the canon is Albus Dumbledore. <laughs> Gay? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just sure he gets very lonely. Well, I'm sure Grindelwald is also at least bi, because I think that there's got to be something going on between them, but we don't need to make everybody gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, well, and I've got my questions I... about Fudge, but Draco's pretty heterosexual. <laughs> he really is. Can I just point out the Aaron? thing I loved last night? I told PS last night that two of the characters on Battlestar Galactica, the characters are actually bisexual, thinking somehow that would be like an early Christmas gift for her to give her confirmation of some type of slash pairing. She was unimpressed. Those characters aren't interesting, though. Well, they're... <laughs> okay, I'm just saying, if you, if you want it, it's canon. <laughs> I don't want that. That's not interesting. Holy Merlin magician! That was somebody because they're having surgery and they're going to be stuck in the oh, hospital. Oh, well, she didn't say that she didn't want any slash. She said she wanted slash that where the whole plot wasn't about coming out of the closet. She said she yeah. didn't mind if it was a slash pairing thick. Mm-hmm. As long as it was yeah. a decent thick. Instead of the whole, whole oh. plot being, how many characters can we pull out of the closet? Well, that's and stupid. Don't I mean, if it's like everybody, that's stupid. But Haven't you read those fics, though? They're out there. They're out there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they're out everybody there, wakes up gay. Because I don't enjoy them. I yeah. enjoy yeah. them. Everyone's <laughs> up gay. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Doctor Strange. Who is not gay. He 
he's not. Oh, thank no, you for saying not. that. I forgot how the hell we got on that track. Okay, <laughs> Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Who is not gay. We we got there because I was telling the story about Doctor Who when I was driving in the car with P.S. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we were talking about the love triangle in Tale of a Time Long Gone by Star of the North. Tale of a Time Long Gone. Okay. Can you guys hear that? Is it possum? I think it might be. It's on the roof. We have a possum on the roof? <laughs> we have oh my gosh. On the roof. Action stations, action stations. We have a possum on the roof. Yes, you have the bridge. I've about saying goodnight <laughs> for the past 20 minutes, and I can't because interesting stuff keeps happening. <laughs> I don't want to miss it. You're going to leave in the possible fall uh, through I the ceiling. If only that, Death Row was here. I, I, I can't leave now. I'm keeping everyone safe. <laughs> well, now we're actually stopping the podcast to listen for a falling possum. <laughs> I think I'm they've left. I've just got Paris. Oh, well, then I guess we have to now return to it. One cares about my whatever. song in my head. You have a song in your head? <laughs> oh, my yes. God. Keza. What? what? I can't say it, but Death oh, Row is thinking oh, he doesn't oh, want to oh. go because he doesn't want to miss it. And I'm like singing that song. What is the Aerosmith song? And I don't want to miss thing. And I don't want to miss The lower whatever level. Yeah, keep watching Battlestar Galactica, Keza. We'll talk to you in about three weeks, all right? And tell you why that was funny. <laughs> oh, dear. Right. I, I somehow think we're coming to the end of our discussion of these chapters because yeah. Keza won't stop kidding. singing in this awesome <laughs> Were there other major events in these seven chapters? To talk can, about this. Okay, the what would you like to talk about from the chapters? I have got absolutely no idea. Go back to singing, Keza. It's okay. <laughs> Death well, you're were... always good for a bullet oh, point. No, I knew there was something I want to talk about because remember, <laughs> like, they've, you know how they're like being all revolutionary and everything, and that reminded me of Dumbledore's army and stuff. And, oh, and yeah. then, you know, mm-hmm. because they're and, like, like what was it? What was it called? Like their their little podcast. Um, they have a podcast. <laughs> they have a podcast. <laughs> no, it wasn't called Pottercast. It was called Potterwatch. Potter yes, Potterwatch. Potterwatch. <laughs> yes, but there is no wireless in this thing where they're putting up the. I know, but it reminded me of that. I'm sorry. I thought uh, you said the four founders had their own podcast. I was very. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said it reminded me. <laughs> of they don't have an iPod. Come on, please. Foundercast episode seven. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. They went out right, and they had their town meeting, and they're going to set up the school, and all of this medieval stuff. The various knights of Phoenix are moving that's, into this town. That's it. It's like the knights of the Phoenix, and I'm thinking, did they have? a real phoenix or is that just because Ryan Ravenlord was the first Dumbledore? My name is Albus Dumbledore and I am Headmaster Hogwarts. You can all call me Dumbledore. I am the first Dumbledore. Does that mean that Rowena is a ancestor of Dumbledore? I don't think so. I just mean in that he put together these knights, right, of the Phoenix, because he was trying to overthrow the government. Overthrow the government in the first place, because the government was corrupt. And then the government actually sort of, like, won, and they had him killed and stuff, and banished, and, well, no, yeah, he was banished, and then he died saving Helga. But, like, he was forming this, like the Order of the Phoenix, the knights, Mm -hmm. you know? It was the knights of the Order of the Phoenix. I expect eventually they did become... 
just the order, yeah. Yeah, see, and that's what I mean. Not literally Dumbledore as in the ancestor. No, Raven, I know what you're saying. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, someone it's, take away and say what the, I mean. It's, it's the predecessor. The commander-in-chief. Dumbledore organizes the modern Order of the Phoenix. Ryan Ravenlord organized the past Knights of the Order. He did it in Ravenlord's honor. It's the Knights of the Phoenix, isn't it? It's it's, it's very similar. What I thought would be interesting is if they had their own Phoenix and it was actually Fox. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Fox flies off at the end of Half Blood Prince for the next great adventure because he. Yeah. yeah, really, it wasn't Dumbledore's idea at all. He got it from Fox. Yeah. Fox fed him all his good lines. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but I'm thinking now how how when Voldemort came back at the end of Goblet of Fire and Dumbledore got everyone together and he went and got members of the Order and he recruited new ones and they started this revolution again because they knew they would have to fight against Voldemort and it's like this they they call it all the night in all the people that were loyal to Ryan Ravenlord and they bring them all back together to fight this this enemy and I just thought that the way that the author ties together these sort of strands and these characters is partly what keeps the story interesting because they're not just meaningless there's no meaningless characters if, if they've been brought up, that they have a meaning, and, and she, the author ties it all up together. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, it's like I get, I'm, fas- <laughs> I'm fascinated by the fact that we've heard about these four people throughout all of canon, and now it's like you actually get to meet them, but they're actual living, breathing people to the reader. So that when we go back to Harry's time, I can picture the fact that, you know, Helga Hufflepuff is long dead and her, and her bones have long since turned to ashes, but she was once vibrant and she was once once alive and this is what she thought about things and it's interesting to to see a thousand years later how everything has fallen into place and things that you know don't matter to anyone and they're completely forgotten like ambrosius is completely forgotten but a thousand years ago he was really something for a while so it's i just love seeing that stretch of time and and what things are forgotten and what things are remembered and what things are blown mm-hmm. up to almost godlike proportions when in fact they shouldn't have been that's one thing that we were talking about last time that i don't think has been brought up the things that were blown out of proportion and mike had this thing that he brought up you know at the beginning of the chapters the little excerpts from hogwarts of history that have been written by the author and, and popped there at the beginning of the chapter one of them talks about he, he linked it to that and i can't remember i can't find which one it was but he was talking about the idea of the pure blood supremacy and and so now Voldemort takes this idea of pure blood and it means something really completely different to what it meant to Salazar in that for him and in this fic, it's like, well, being a woman means you're not as powerful with your magic. And Rowena, of course, blows that out of the water and says, you idiot, of course, you know, because when they're rescuing Helga and, and taking her along or whatever and, and he's talking about, well, you know, well, she's a half-blood and she's a woman, you know, and that's not because he he has this big pure blood thing the way Lucius Malfoy now thinks of it it's really in his his mind he actually thinks that sort of is is different the way that women are different and and so on and I was just thinking how over time what that meant is not actually how Salazar Slytherin thought about it Mm -hmm. that's thinking and i've just messed it up completely so <laughs> <laughs> no yeah well it's the thing too like there's a moment in the chapters um later on where um salazar makes a comment about the muggles and it's I, it wasn't a really bad comment but it was certainly a derogatory comment about you know the muggles this or the muggles that and everyone in the room the other three are like oh yeah 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 because at the, yeah, at the yeah. time that's 
you know, a completely reasonable thing to say. I mean, think of the plot points here. You have Dumbledore, or Dumbledore, you have Ryan Ravenclaw, who's like the contemporary Dumbledore, we're calling him. He's essentially tortured to death by, and burned to death by the muggles. So picture if, if, a, if a band of muggles killed Dumbledore, would you then be, you know, the first to step up and go, you know, don't be anti-muggle, everybody. I mean, that, it's interesting because yeah. you're at a time when where that type of stereotyping and that type of of you know putting down of a particular class of people isn't something that is looked down upon and it's seen more as it's something that's reasonable and something that's contemporary and at the time you know you're okay with that but if you look at it a thousand years later if you were to make a comment about a muggle you look like a racist and mm-hmm. i think that's interesting that they actually show the thousand years ago the environment on the ground and how things were just different then and you, you don't have to be this terrible person if you make a comment about a muggle because at the time muggles were viewed very differently and with good reason. So yeah. I thought that was a really good thing. The one thing I did love, though, is we got to see the family of the four founders. And you got to see mm-hmm. um, specifically Helga Hufflepuff's father, who says that his daughter, after finding out that she is a witch, you know, worships the devil and, you know, beats yeah. his wife because she didn't realize that her daughter had been taken over by the evil one and all these terrible, terrible things. And then you have Slytherin's sister who basically says that she, you know he is her brother and she will lose her husband over him because blood means more than anything and it's it's from a right. Slytherin blood means more than anything and you look at that a thousand years later and you think it's a racist attitude yeah. she's saying it here out of love blood means more than everything I will leave my husband to keep you safe if necessary and that and that's a big deal so it's interesting to see you know you almost have you know, the, the, the Hufflepuff, so we're supposed to be the loyalest people ever, ever. He's basically, you know, beating his wife and, and selling his daughter, getting his daughter mm-hmm. killed in, you know, such disloyalty towards his own daughter. And then you have the Slytherins who are willing to give up everything for blood. So I, it, it's, it, it's, it's such a great contrast there. And I just think that that's so powerful. And I, I, I just think you get to see how, each of their families affects them and how it creates the person that they are. And I love the fact that we get mm-hmm. so much detail on the founder's parents because you never think anyone matters before the founders, but they do. Yeah. So I th- they have a mother who's going, Oh, don't talk back to me. I changed your diapers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think one of the things I'm hoping that the fic will do, because one of the little Hogwarts of history excerpts was talking about this is explain the rift with, with Slytherin because you know, a thousand years later, it's like, oh, you know, Slytherin, they, they had a fight and he left, you know, and, and apparently he left behind a big evil monster in the, in the dungeons, you know. And I'm thinking within the, this fic, it could be something so much simpler and less dramatic than that. So I'd right. be interested if the fic goes there and, and explains what happened, but I don't yeah. know. It I hope it see what actually I, does. I really hope it, well, I'm glad to hear that because I hope it does because I'm probably never going to read another Founders fic after this. So if this fic does it really well, whenever I hear, whenever I watch Chamber of Secrets and see Bins, oh wait, sorry, whenever I see McGonagall telling the story about the, <laughs> the, four, the Founders, I'll, pi- I'll picture these guys because this yeah. makes as much sense to me as anything else and the, the canon didn't give me anything. So unless Joe writes then her in the Scottish book, this is something that, you know, can become canon for me for lack of of any substitute. I, so I am I'll almost be- too scared to read another Founders fic because I don't want it ruined because I like the ink. I am Helga, of goddess of Hufflepuff. How may I help you? <laughs> you know, it's like you don't want to. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Ryan, Lord but, of the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I've got a picture in my mind now of Ryan sweeping down a massive wing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this giant cloud of ravens, and then suddenly there's Ryan. Yes, like just, he controls was, the birds. Well, I was just watching the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, the movie, the other night, and it's the scene where Alfonso Cuaron puts so many damn ravens on the set that they're attacking Thanks. Dan Radcliffe as he's trying to free Buck. Ryan controls them. <laughs> Exactly, he's hit the little thing. So. Oh, boy. Apparently, um, Marcus Gregory is actually an ancestor of the Malfoys or something. Is he really? <laughs> I don't know if she decided that actually will go in the story, but she deliberately based him on Malfoy anyway. Well, he was so. a little dorky in that chapter. He's like, exactly. I will come back with reinforcements. Well, you should have brought them with you, you dumbass. <laughs> you have one hour. Yeah. You have one their shield is down and you still can't beat them and his actual description like he's blonde and has gray eyes and that sort of thing as well so oh that's right because i was looking for that for everyone else and the hair never matched up so far so yeah i I like that godric's mother's the one that's kind of pulling all the strings to get the phoenix members back you don't think about it or at least i wasn't thinking about it that she kept in contact with all these people and even after her husband was gone and and uh you know, she's got this whole spy network thing going, and it just takes a little bit of of string pulling, and she's got everybody there, and she's forming the army. They don't even know that she's doing it, and she's got people coming in to. Too bad they can't FedEx for. Too bad they can't FedEx for Rosalind in all of this. They're bringing everyone else there, and look, Mama Ravenclaw's still living in her little hut by herself. Yeah, but they have everybody else. Yeah, but, but if she comes out, will she be um, at risk? Because wasn't she exiled with her husband? Well, they're bringing everyone. She, she wasn't actually exiled. She's just hiding from Ambrosius because he wants to um, pick her brains about the aberration thing. And um, uh, well, he just wants her. her. And, yeah. I mean, Even if she was exiled, so what? So were the others. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they're forming a rebellion. They might as well have, you know, Mama Ravenclaw on their side. So, uh, and I love the yeah. thing. Everyone's like, have you written your mother? I'm like, you're in the witness protection program. I don't think you're supposed to write your mother. <laughs> like, I think that's against the rules. Send an owl. <laughs> they could track the owls. And follow the owls. Mm-hmm. And when they first come up with this plan um, of getting the knights there, Godric's like, yes, this is a great plan. I'll write out and get them. And his mother is, you know, you're um, still wanted, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the federal marshals are riding down for you. You may want to um, stay put. Not do that. It's the true theme of the story. Without their mothers, Hogwarts never would have been founded. And I did love <laughs> the fact so true. that they lifted the dialogue from from Chamber of Secrets, where fear of the thing, you know, is uh, Incre- the whole thing. Fear of the name increases Increased the fear, fear of the thing. Of but they're using it for Hogwarts. I'm like, mm-hmm. Hogwarts, ooh, ward of a hog. Oh. <laughs> I would have what? died if they called it pig farts and like no, I don't know. It's not even mean. But luckily next year I'll be transferred to pig farts. It's on Mars. <laughs> have you not seen a very Potter musical piece? No. P- okay, oh, we're stopping stop the podcast now because we're going to show it to PS. All right, with that. No, wait. I want to. I one more thing. I really liked it. We got to see the beginning of the Hogwarts ceiling. They're all staring yeah. at the ceiling. Does anyone know how to do a disillusionment charm? Is there such a thing as a transparency charm? Wait, no. can we actually? Well, I love the description. No, but we can do a disillusionment charm. They're new. They just came out with this. Like who just came out with this charm? <laughs> <laughs> like Apple released it. Steve Jobs did this. 
Look at the, look at the, <laughs> the Salazar's designing all the plans. He's like has a drafting table and is drawing everything out. And- I would not have thought of him as an artist, but in this, that's what, exactly what he is. He's an artist. I like that. They all have different I- skills than just their little house attribute thing. They are vastly more complicated characters than that. So it's good. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because if you if you stick to just that Gryffindors are brave and loyal, you've got a really one dimensional character. It, it doesn't tell you anything. I mean all the all the people in Gryffindor have got more traits and qualities than that. Uh, and they've got look, overlapping traits and qualities. Yeah, so I mean, the founders are bound to have two. Yeah, Harry's mm-hmm. ambitious you know, Hermione's... A Hermione's half-Ravenclaw. Like. Right. Mm-hmm. They all have loyalty. They're loyal to whichever house they happen to be in. Yeah. So. I am looking forward to, though, reading the next part. The excerpt from Hogwarts of History at the beginning of Chapter 15 called Shockwave talks about the wizard abduction code. And it seems like this this is a law thing and... Obviously, Gryffindor has gone missing at the end of this this chapter, and I'm I'm wondering how this all fits in. Like, is the under this code, and what the behaviours are with the rules of it, and yeah, it, well, and it's says, Marcus, right? Gregory Do we really not, think he will? Well, it says that Marcus Gregory is not exactly a law-abiding man. To complete, he resorted to the foulest means, you know. So I would like to know. I, I don't think he's going to abide by the rules. And it's like, well, if he's not, let's say Gryffindor is like, okay, I've been abducted. There are rules. <laughs> which I kind of find weird, but in that kind of society... The Geneva I Convention, yeah. <laughs> I, I can buy it because that they have societal rules that are not followed these days now, that they had back then, that if someone did something, you did something in return in these You rules. must give me three loaves of bread a week. Yeah, and people did it. And That's called so feudalism. <laughs> so I'm interested to find out in what ways is this Marcus Gregory not going to abide by these laws? How long will it take Gryffindor to realise that he's got to fight dirty because this guy isn't by... by you know, I'm interested to see if we find out any more about about it and that sort of thing. Because obviously Marcus Gregory has him. I think that's a big clue, and he's obviously working for Ambrosius, and that's why he has him. And yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm totally want to know where it goes. Uh, just sure. It's really hard having read the entire thing and having to sit here and bite my tongue. Yeah, even just oh, having well, read you're doing a the good next job. couple chapters. So yeah, <laughs> you're doing a good job of sitting there and biting your tongue while I waffle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yes, I next week's lot. podcast will be fun. Pardon, what? what was that, Jesse? He wants to be smaller. What? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he said he I wanted to read more. A lot. I want to read more. If I have any oh. complaints so far, it's that the chapters are maybe too short. Yeah, they're shorter chapters. Yeah. To this is because you're used to but... after the end or something, which is like giant. So. Or Barb. I'm coming off of Barb, so... Yeah. Yeah. These chapters are actually a fairly reasonable length, but I think when you read some of these fix that these massive fix in, in Harry Potter, they, they they seem quite short, don't they? <laughs> yeah, well, that's all I have to say tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and, right now, and we have to let you all go because PS has to go watch a very Potter musical. She does. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, you right. keep making me watch things. Oh, yes, it's funny. Yes, it's funny. You can watch it with me. Do you want to watch it either? Watch the other one. No, I haven't. Seen I, it I have either. not yet watched me and my dick. No, that's coming up this weekend. <laughs> I'm too scared to watch that one. I really don't. <laughs> I don't even want to know what that is. Hold on. The Queen of Smut doesn't want to know what that is. All right, we have to go have a talk. Have a good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Sick of summer and this waiting around 
And it's September, so I'm skipping this town Hey, it's no mystery There's nothing here for me now I gotta get back to Hogwarts I gotta get back to school I gotta get myself to Hogwarts Where everyone thinks I'm cool I'll see my friends Gonna laugh till we cry Take my firebolt Gonna take to the sky no way this year anyone's gonna die And it's gonna be totally awesome I'll cast some spells with a flick of my wand Defeat the dark arts, yeah, bring it on And do it all with my best friend Ron Cause together we're totally awesome Yeah, cause together we're totally awesome Did somebody say Ron Weasley? Remember when you took that love potion just be glad the four track was broke that day Because you grounded your tower and I heard you say That the top of the pops better get ready For the new hit single from the Weasley Those are bills of I love you Keep each other safe, keep faith, Good night. Welcome to this week's episode of Peoncast. <laughs> Brought to you by the letter T for Thinking Cap. We have to have outtakes. <laughs> you know, but of course. Before we jump into this, so there's one more quick thing. I went to my nephew's hockey game on Saturday. No, Friday, Friday night. And I went and got something at the concession stand. Well, while I was waiting for my food, somebody else came up with his father. Now, it was 75 degrees here on Saturday, and it's very cold inside of this hockey arena. And he's wearing a T-shirt, shorts, and sandals. So he's obviously not going in to see any of the hockey practice or hockey game. And he's sitting, he's standing there, but he's holding this very thick book. So I kind of sidle up to him, and I said, what book are you reading? And he holds it away from his chest. And it's Order of the Phoenix. And I said, that's a good book. His eyes kind of light up and he nods at me. I'm like, that whole series is good. He's like, yeah, this is the fourth time that I've read this book. He was about 11 or 12. So it was like, good kid. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I suppose we should actually start the episode. Choke, choke off. None of that. We're only 50 minutes after we said we would start. So, you know, we're doing good. I completely forgot. And I was like. I just turned Twitter on and I'm watching the TV and somebody said something about having dinner and I said, oh, I had sesame chicken and Pocky for dessert. And then Sue piped up with, I made stir fry before we podcast. I was like, we're podcasting? Oh, shit. Oh, right. It's Monday. <laughs> mm-hmm. That must be why my phone beeped, too. Because did you send me a direct message? I did because you weren't answering any of the other ones. Because I was madly trying to start computer. <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. I just love this part. The peons are coming. Welcome to Peoncast. I'm Kelly. This is Oliver's gal. I'm Scott. And I'm Sue. And we're doing Andrea 13's story, The Thinking Cap Returns. It is on the Fictionally website, and we should, knock on wood, have the link in the show notes for you. 
This is a mm-hmm. sequel to a story that we've already reviewed called The Thinking Cap. And we're going to start with Returns and then go to the other one. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Let's take it away. I love it's, the founders. <laughs> yeah, they're fun. The whole oh, idea of awesome. this series <laughs> is that the founders or images of what the founders were like live in the sorting hat, and it's them who actually sorts people, even though most people only hear the one little voice. They're actually arguing over everyone who comes to be sorted. And mm-hmm. the first one we did was Harry's first year, and this one is his second year, or Ginny's first year. And rather than going through the whole list again, they're, at this point, jumping in right at the end with Ginny being sorted. I wish they would have shown Luna being Luna sorted. Being that would have been, been funny. Been funny. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we knew about Luna at the point that this was written. Perhaps. I think she only shows up in Order of the Phoenix, doesn't she? Yeah, and I think this is written sure. between... Yeah. This was written between the Goblet of Fire and the Order of the Phoenix. The author's notes say, I'd like to take a brief moment to thank all the amazing people who sent feedback and reviews to The Thinking Cap. I was absolutely stunned by the responses. Since I've never had quite so many sequel requests before, I had to write this one. So she thanked uh, Persephone Core for encouragement, as well as Alan for threatening to write a sequel called The Bride of The Thinking Cap. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Which, would be fun. fortunately, he did not do. Yes. <laughs> or at least we haven't found it yet. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. It starts off with them talking about the fact that it looks like it's a very small class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is Godric and Salazar, though we don't know that right off. But the third thing said is Rowena chiding mm-hmm. them for not looking at the whole picture and just looking at these stupid things. I mean, uh, cunning and brave things <laughs> that <laughs> the kids have done. <laughs> yes. Honestly, the two of you have never grown up. <laughs> Really? Uh, years of nothing but 11-year-olds to listen to. Besides, Besides you're only as old as you feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who has lots of children in the middle of a war? It's a That's, that's true. <laughs> they finally had a girl. Her mother must have been so pleased, Helga Kood. It's so and, funny how much Salazar wants Jenny because he wants a Weebly. Mm-hmm. And I think well, it's possibly good foreshadowing as we go on. Because they talk about the next generation, and I think it would be awesome if An- um, Andrea would write about Albus and James, James. and yes, Lily and Hugo and Rose and Fred and Victoire. And <laughs> shall I stop now? And yeah. Teddy. Yes, not all of them are Weasleys, but yes. enough but that some would probably show up in children. They have Weasleyness in them. Mm-hmm. It's Weasley- true. Weasleyness. <laughs> And isn't it kind of um, prevalent in fan fiction that Albus is a Slytherin, or is, am I just I've been caught a couple in? Yes, I think it's, it's, I've kind of gotten into the new generation, and yeah, it's pretty prevalent that they put yeah. Albus and Slytherin with Scorpius, mm-hmm. and so it, Scorpius and Rose become that whole Romeo and Juliet thing, playing off the Draco and Ginny shippers. And well, I always thought it was mm-hmm. funny that you know here's Ron. Telling Rose, you gotta beat him. <laughs> <laughs> and Scorpius, I just cannot see him being Draco Jr. Mm, no. no, I've read some of the better Next Generation fics I've read are more of where Rose and Hugo are the 
Ron and Hermione mm-hmm. to Scorpius is Harry. Like they see him on the train and start talking to him and they create this new trio. And sometimes Scorpius becomes a Gryffindor. Yeah, I've seen that one too. And those mm-hmm. aren't bad. Gryffindor. Well, and if you think about it, Draco had Lucius. Mm-hmm. Lucius was 100% Slytherin. Yeah. He was ambitious. He didn't care what he did to gain in power, in prestige, mm-hmm. and not working behind the scenes. Yes, manipulating things. That's all very Slytherin. Right. Draco, I think, was an echo of that. And I think in Draco's case, if Draco had had a choice, he would have been Slytherin. It didn't matter right. if mm-hmm. what the Sorting Hat would have said. He would have said, I don't want to be anywhere but Slytherin. I don't see mm-hmm. Scorpius like that because this may be wishful thinking, but I really think Draco saw a lot of the error of his ways after he got out of school. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. And I also think that there's a likening to the new generation of Malfoys being similar to Germans after World War II, that they want to almost renounce anything that had to do with the old ways. And mm-hmm. so what better way than to push your son into anything but Slytherin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I can still see Draco having a bit of uh, heart trouble if Scorpius was announced as a Gryffindor. Yeah. For the first, you know. <laughs> oh, okay, right. Oh, I'm okay with this. Really, I am. Okay, it's okay. Yeah. Right, we can do this. Excuse me, I have to go into this little room for a minute. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I'm all right now. <laughs> but anyway. So, well, can you see this if, you know, Lucius is out and about, or even if he's in Azkaban, finding out that Scorpius is in Gryffindor. Oh, oh God. <laughs> to be uh, would... a, a beetle on the wall in that situation. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, Skeeter. <laughs> I would not be surprised if his head came close to exploding. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, we're, we're actually way out of, we're not quite off topic, but let's get back to the story. <laughs> we're way off course. So Ginny has the hat on her head. Mm-hmm. And Godric is not giving her up, no matter what Salazar said last time. Yeah. Remember that we agreed last year, Godric, this one's mine. I'm not letting you steal another <laughs> I one. I didn't away. say that. You said that. I didn't say that. And then they brings up the twins. They have fun. I can see Salazar really being upset to have lost the twins because they they could have done all right in Slytherin. And Percy. I think they all would have done well in Salazar's Slytherin. Like, I really, really like Salazar. I think that ambitious and cunning, but he's so Mm dry-witted and not obsessed Mm -hmm. with the pure blood hysteria. He is, but not to the extent... Yeah, it comes up a little bit later. He just thought that only having pure bloods would be safer. He wasn't yeah. going to do anything to the Muggleborns. He just didn't want them. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think the idea here, although it doesn't actually come out specifically, is that he was more affected by the whole witch-burning milieu. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't want to have Muggleborns who might inadvertently reveal themselves and get in trouble and call all sorts of problems down on the castle. And that, and sort that of makes thing. a lot of sense. And the one thing, I don't know, going on, he talks about losing Harry as well, and he refers to Harry as the parcel mouse. Mm-hmm. That was in the first talk- story. Yeah, and then he talks about, and maybe I'm jumping ahead because I, I did read through some of the other stories, but he talks about Tom, and, and we'll get into that. But I find it a little bit of a disjoint here between the other stories that he's kind of angry with 
Riddle for being right. a half-blood. He took in that half-blood, but Harry is a half-blood by definition, you know. Right, he is. And, and, but he wanted Harry. And, and so I think that slight bit, I wish they would have kept that more. I think he wanted Harry more consistent. because he was Harry. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was he the doesn't. first Parselmouth he's seen in 50 years or whatever. Yeah. Right. Uh, I thought this was interesting. They're having this disagreement about Ginny, and there's something that Salazar can't quite figure out. Something he can't put his finger on it, and yeah, because he doesn't have any fingers, but it's because he's already... She's already slightly connected with yeah. Tom Riddle. Yeah. She's, yeah. Already, she's already got that thing of the diary, and, you know... She's terrified of that parcel mouth you stole from me last year. That's different. She likes him. Right. She's terrified because she likes him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, if that's how Gryffindors behave, you know, there's no wonder there's no more of you. <laughs> Something like that. I can't remember exactly what he says, but yeah. If that's the Gryffindor's approach to romance, I'm shocked your house has lasted this long. Wait, is that why you feel the need to let in all those muggleborns? Not even pure bloods reproducing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you're just being annoying. Is it working? <laughs> yeah. They're so funny. They like, get on each other's nerves all the time. But, oh, yeah. But it's jovial. You can tell by the writing. It's very jovial and very... Mm-hmm. They're very, all simple, basically. Yeah. They mm-hmm. act, anyway. yeah they're this, all in close quarters, even though they're, none of them are alive, but they're all living in this hat. And right. They mm-hmm. have to get along. Been up for a thousand years. And it helps that this image of Salazar is from before he uh, really got going and ended up storming out of the school. The hat right. itself was made sometime before that happened. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite as tense as it might be. Right. Right. That actually is covered in the longer fic that we will not be covering. But if anybody out there wants to come and read that one, it's... Voyages of the Thinking Cap. This is actually co-written with the people she mentions in the author's note of this one, because they were, I guess, some close fans of the first one, so she ended up working with them on some of the later ones. Um, Very cool. I like this one instead of ending at the end of the sorting, because we only did Ginny, I guess. Mm. Um, They move on to some other things that happened later in the year. and Here they are sitting on the shelf, and they're all bored. Bored. (laughs) I'm bored. I'm bored. (laughs) Oh, Helga. Oh, Helga. I have an idea. Yeah. We can work on next year's song. Whose idea was it to sing every year, Godric crumbled? And they all go back to yours. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and and the nod to Melinda Leo, which is why you should never cast a complicated spell Willis half drunk. Yes. (laughs) No, Mm. podcasting when you're on drugs is like that, you know. Yep, oh, yep. well, Helga tries to smooth things over. Come on, we can describe you as tall, dark, and handsome this year. Really? <laughs> we could do that? Oh. Uh, said that would be a bad idea with my current reputation. <laughs> and then... They're, they're interrupted by... Harry. Hair. By a hairy hair. Oh, no. And Harry has put on the hat. Because this is when he's up in Dumbledore's office and he's wondering if he really does belong in Gryffindor. And they're all somewhat confused that he's doing this. And Salazar takes the chance to go, yes, you should change houses. Really, it would be a good idea. (laughs) Well, they're like, wait, what? We would not have made a mistake. He's in the perfect house. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Wait a minute, he took the hat off. What if he believes you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harry. Oh, I like, you've been annoying me since the Renaissance. Oh, it took me that long? I was ignoring <laughs> you before that. <laughs> and then you, you have to love Helga, because they're playing the guessing game. She's like, alright, I'm thinking of something black. And a, like, badger. a badger. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, I could have put something else. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you never, ever do. Well, that would have been a really good you, reason for me to pick something else. that last you, 300 years. Well, no, it was really a badger. <laughs> but I could have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really like her. She's an awesome, mm-hmm. awesome, she's awesome fun. lady. <laughs> they all are, but yeah, she's fun. Surrounded by Hufflepuffs again. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? <laughs> yes, you are. Sorry. Poor Kelly. We have a little bit of a nod to the redeeming Snape thing in this because Godric mentions that he thinks he could have taken him when because Salazar is going on about losing Harry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ignoring mm. you again. <laughs> Good. Now maybe I can get some peace and quiet. And then, help, help me. Help me, please. Help me. And here they are in the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, <laughs> you got the basilisk. The basilisk is a <laughs> yeah. Oh, didn't I mention that? Right. Um. That's what it was. I knew Riddle was going to be a problem. That's what I get for taking in half blocks. I like this. Um, priorities. Keep the boy alive first. Yell at me later. <laughs> oh, the Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just drop a sword on his head? Lovely. Lovely. Give the boy a concussion instead of help. He was supposed to talk to He didn't know it was coming. And- when a hat starts dropping things on your head. <laughs> oh, can't you just imagine them having the same conversation during the final battle? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they did it to... <laughs> Well, first it, 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 first it was, but they were on, but they were on fire too. They might have been a little. Get more his bad. attention! We're on fire! <laughs> Bit distracted. Quick! <laughs> drop the sword again! Quick! <laughs> Stop! Drop and roll! Stop! Drop and roll! Run and get water! Wait, we can't get water. We're just embodied. No, no. We can't run and get water. We don't have any legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would be fun. Uh, yes. Moving right along. <laughs> yes. Now Harry's taking the hat off again, and, and they have to wait. But fortunately, Albus knows they're in there. It's not just the Sorting Hat. Apparently, I think he may be the only person to know that that there's four, the four of them because he actually addresses them by name. Yeah, it must be a headmaster thing. Yeah, it's definitely a headmaster. So he puts it on and lets them know that things came out all right, and Harry thanks Godric for the loan of the sword. And I'm not sure he actually did, but Albus tells him he did anyway. And oh, so polite. And killed. <laughs> yeah. What a polite boy. You see, I knew he was too good for you, Salazar. I didn't mean for the basilisk to be used against the students. Oh, why the hell was it in the school? <laughs> Protective measure, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yes. Against who? I think that comes up in the longer one. I haven't looked at that recently, but it might. We may have to get Voyage. main podcast to review that one. <laughs> <laughs> that could be fun. Or we could take it and 
pieces, I guess. Oh. Anyway. He has, he gets in trouble for grumbling about that because they go, yes, about that basilisk thing. <laughs> um, oops. Oops. You're yeah. going to make me regret this, aren't you? Us? <laughs> <laughs> and he whimpers. Maybe just a bit. Oh, and they make him. Uh, apologize. apologize. <laughs> yes. He has to recite the exactly the right words. I, Salazar Slytherin, hereby apologize for setting up a secret chamber and raising a basilisk in it, even though I was trying to protect the... Stick to the script. <laughs> Fine. For setting up a secret chamber and raising a basilisk in it, and for keeping secrets from my dear friends. I wonder who wrote that. Put up with you, no matter how trying you are. <laughs> <laughs> Or how many of my students you try to steal, corrupt, or murder? It's not my fault that Nimrod Riddle used my poor basilisk to try to kill Muggleboards. She was supposed to. And they go on in that line for a while. <laughs> back and forth. There, Nimrod is a reference to the last one, by the way. They yeah. learned that insult last year and have had great fun <laughs> applying it to everything since. Well, that's when they pick up the vernacular. Oh, this is going to yeah. be bad. What? Oh, just, there are so many possibilities for mischief for a disembodied voice inside of a hat. We can always try dropping things on students' heads in the middle of the sorting. <laughs> hey, that was an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I can see this now. Like We're going to have goblets dropped on Teddy. We'll have... <laughs> The tiara could be dropped on Luna. <laughs> no, she would have already been sorted. Yes. Yeah. Maybe one of Luna's kids. I don't know. One of one of the um uh what was the the name of the kid guy? Hello, I don't remember. Rolf. Rolf Commander. Thank you. <laughs> it's like I blank. One of the Commander kids. Yes. I like how on most of these, at least, I think all of them, even they end right in the middle of an argument again. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure that that's all they do. This art is oh, that. They pretty much have to. Well, you know, what else yeah. do you do for a thousand years? Write songs, argue and play. What am I thinking? I game? spy a badger. I'm thinking of something black. <laughs> Speaking of which, this next one, the riddle of the thinking cap, you get to see where that first started. She mm. first came up with the badger thing while waiting for palm sorting or something like that. Well, it says 300 years. You've tried to think 300 years. It's the same thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. They might have just been doing it again. But anyway, there's a reference to that, at least. Try to drive everybody else in your hat nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Three easy steps. <laughs> in one easy step. <laughs> yeah, well. Voyages was written between returns and Riddle, but as we've mentioned, it's a longer one. It goes, it's a definite prequel. It goes into more about when the founders themselves were alive. Mm-hmm. And then Riddle of the Thinking Cap, it starts a little bit more in fic style rather than immediately going into their conversation. We get a little mm-hmm. bit of description. And it is taking place to begin with in whichever year Tom Riddle got sorted. I want to say that he was sorted... If I remember my timeline correctly, he was sorted in like 1938. 30-something, because it was, it was 45 was when the diary was from. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. something like that. So, so it would have been 38 or 39, or 39 or 40 then, because if the diary was from 45, then he would have Wasn't 16, he in sixth year, though? He was 16. Yeah. yeah. It might have been from 44, but somewhere in there yeah. anyway. Late 30s. 
I like the end of their beginning bit. Absolute solemnity and ceremony. <laughs> Sorry. They, Excuse uh, me. <laughs> As the sorting goes on, everyone watching them knew with absolute certainty that beneath the tattered brim, the sorting hat was duly weighing and considering each student's qualities with all the seriousness due the solemn. Yeah, I can see this now. God, this kid needs to wash his hair. <laughs> oh, that one was awesome. <laughs> of course, everyone was sometimes wrong. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Honestly did we ever grow up? <laughs> well, we tried once. It didn't agree with us. I can see those two really relating to the twins. I can see them just wanting the twins to wear the sorting cap just so that they could play off of each other because I think they would really get along. Could you imagine one of the twins as headmaster, though? Oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> That'd be terrifying to, by, like, use the bathroom by, by the way, you know it, it would explode. If we've, if we've lost any of our listeners, we're now talking about Riddle of the Thinking Cap, by the way. Yes, we have, we have moved to the second one. <laughs> Which is also on the Fictionally website. Yeah. Yes. And the link will be posted with our show notes. These are both considered part of ridiculous section because they're funny. (laughs) Going back to the twins, I actually think they would make good headmasters because if you think about it, they know every trick of the book. That's for damn sure. Mm -hmm. Although, can you see Filch working for one of the twins? (laughs) I don't think so. Actually, I could. Uh, Oh, poor guy. Well, I don't think Filch. Oh, I thought you meant Peeves. No. I don't think Filch would be alive. I think he would just have a heart attack and die right on the day that they got headmasterized. Or he'd have to retire. (laughs) Yeah. Could they both do it? I don't know. One would have to be headmaster and one would be deputy or something. I don't know. Well, at this this point, one of them would be the portrait and one of them would be the headmaster. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess at this point it would have to be George because, yeah, Fred didn't make it. Poor Fred. But I don't know. I don't think you could get him to sign up. He probably would do a good job, but I don't think you'd get him to do it. I don't think he would be able to do it, period, because he didn't finish. True. Yeah. I think a prerequisite would be that you have to complete school before before you became one of the teachers of that master. Well, you know, he did finish. He just did it by... uh, Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was the correspondence course. That's <laughs> what it would be like. Uh, <laughs> George coming back for sitting his newt with um, kids who are five years younger than him. I could see him doing that, actually. <laughs> no, think yeah. about it. Because of all of the people who were displaced during the war and all that stuff, I can definitely see them having all kinds of people with different ages taking the newts. Yeah. Right. I wonder if they'd start up a separate program for They'd people. Very possibly. That would yeah. make sense. I mean, you had people that were not able to come back to school the entire seventh year that Harry was there. Right. You know, and it's Harry's entire seventh year because they were not pure blood, because their blood status exempted them from attending Hogwarts. And, mm-hmm. and even the people that were there. Yeah. Didn't get an education. No, really. And there were people who were taken out during sixth year, too, mm-hmm. before they even came back. So that's almost two years of a magical education that some of them lost. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Having Although some people- of those might have had tutors or something like that. Right. But still, at the same time, I can really see the newts not just being one grade. I can mm-hmm. see them not just being the 17-year-olds. I can see them being 22. 
So yeah. he would kind of disrupt the seventeen-year-old class, though, probably. Probably. <laughs> Could you see George and Hermione in the same class? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hermione would be bald by the time they got done because she would have torn all of her hair out. <laughs> George taking her baldy from Neville. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> oh boy. We were talking anyway. about a sorting. <laughs> yes, they're in the middle of a sorting, and they were just as distracted as we are. But Rowena gets them back on track and has a feeling there's going to be a Ravenclaw. Actually, it turns out to be a Gryffindor, but yeah. never know. Can always hope. Yeah, he's trying. And, and then, then here's Tom. Parcel mouth. Look at him. He's a parcel mouth. Oh, I haven't seen one in ages. And look at that ambition. It's shining so brightly. I can almost taste it. Mixing your metaphors there, Salazar. Godric interrupted in amusement. Did he breathe at all during that? He asked in aside to the women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a disembodied mind. I don't need to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what he saw next would have made his heart stop if he'd still had a body. He's one of mine. And yes. They, at first they don't get it. They're like, yes, he's ambitious, cunning. We see all that. And it's like, no, no, really. He's actually a descendant. He's Marvalo's girl. Descended from Salazar Slytherin himself. He's Mary's son. That's not yeah. at this point we didn't know about Marope. Right. But right. he did but he did get it right close. with an M. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he did get right that Marvolo was a first name and not a last name, which I saw in a lot of fix also, where his grandfather's last name was Marvolo or something. Oh. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. But he's going on about that and um, they interrupt him a little bit because apparently his descendants are full of themselves. <laughs> 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 so, yours are too busy reading to they forget to reproduce. <laughs> yeah. He says to Rowena. Yeah. Oh well. Whereas she thinks his are hitting the head so much they can't remember where they are in his line. And apparently Helga kept lining his all his hats with metal. <laughs> oh, I knew it wasn't just getting heavier. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I wasn't imagining it. Yeah. And then, you know, so put him in Slytherin already. Salazar, what are you waiting for? He's a half-blood. Oh, dear. dear. Couldn't you take him anyway? That's such a Pufflepuff thing to say. (laughs) But his father was a muggle. Rowena's going on, it's the 20th century, Salazar. Broaden your horizon. (laughs) Yeah. There's more to life than pure bloods. There is. (laughs) Really? But he takes him. He's not so sure if this is a good idea. Mm -hmm. And because of that, what Tom hears the hat saying to him is, Blood always tells in the end, better be worthy of it. Oh, yikes. Uh-oh. Yeah, and dun, you sort dun, of wonder dun. how much influence <laughs> that might have had. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So now we skip a good 20 years or so. <laughs> and we're back to the same game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it animal, vegetable, or mineral? Is it bigger yeah. than a bread box? That's the only thing you ever ask. Be more creative. <laughs> And no. <laughs> it's smaller it goes than a bread box. <laughs> no. No. Patrick, <laughs> is it a bread box? <laughs> and Salazar wins. You're slipping on us, Rowena. <laughs> I love that. I'm thinking of something black. <laughs> black 
heard Salazar suggest. I love this. You know, this is what this turned into. This turned in fr- into Word from hot to pan. Yeah. Oh, look, blackbird, blackberry, strawberry, straw hat, sorting hat. <laughs> yes. And then Rowena goes all dramatic. I have an idea. It's a daring guess. Is it a badger? <laughs> <laughs> You got it! How did you ever guess? <laughs> and then we see hair. They're interrupted by Albus again. Who are late for this wording? I'm afraid I have some bad news. And of course, Helga. Hello, Albus. What's wrong? And a new dark wizard appears to be on the rise. Oh no. Who could it be? I like Goddard. He says, can't possibly come after Hogwarts. He'd have to be stupid. Well, actually, he's turned out to be pretty smart. And I like that it's students with it. Yes. Isn't that Salazar hisses a lot when he yeah. gets when he has emotion, whether yeah. good emotion or bad emotion or emotion. Yeah, he hisses more when he's upset. Albus and, says it's Mr. Riddle, and Salazar is stunned. You'll notice that it's Albus who's telling him this, and I'm guessing Arnando, which was Dippet, mm-hmm. has just retired. Probably. Tom? But he was doing so well. Arnando told me he made a head boy. He was so promising. I thought we'd be sorting his children soon. My Tom? Yeah, poor Salazar. Yeah. So much trouble. Yeah. And Elvis tells him he's going to be cleansing the world of muggleborns, and Salazar's like, he what? Yeah. Oh, now he's stupid, idiotic. And he goes off ranting, and then he ends up sort of sulking in the corner. Not that there are corners in a hat, but you know. <laughs> the proverbial knows. mental corner. Mm-hmm. And then we skip again, and this time we skip to Just Harry's the Triwizard Tournament. Harry's fourth year, and Albus time. is now telling the hat what happened. And Godric's sure it's Harry that's won, and Helga's oh. sure it was Cedric. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rowena says it would be fine if it was any of them, but then things went a bit wrong. Mm, a lot. Mm-hmm. Poor Helga. And Voldemort's back to full strength. Yeah. Helga has to find out that Cedric got killed. Yep. She's very, very emotional about that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm slightly distracted because the cat is hunting. <laughs> oh. Cat is hunting. Okay. Yes. There's a fly or something, and he keeps, like, leaping into the air, and I'm afraid I'm going to get nailed. Tell Minerva to okay. leave the fly alone. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it turns out, at least in this universe, um, Fudge is a Hufflepuff as well. <laughs> Helga's Yay. a little disappointed in him. He's such a hard one to sort, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think he was a Slytherin. I really don't. You don't yeah. think? You really? You could. I could see him being there, but there are also parts that, I don't know, he was manipulated too easily by Lucius. I don't know. The Citizen Kane-style banner in the middle of the Ministry of Magic kind of makes me lean towards Slytherin. <laughs> but that's yeah. a movie! Yeah. And that could have been... What's her face? Toad Breath. Umbridge. Toad Umbridge, breath. thank you. Toad Breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she seems to have a bit of a crush on yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I could see him fitting into any of them really. I don't yeah. I don't think he's a Gryffindor, no. but he could easily be Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin, depending yeah. on what sort of things got emphasized about him. Right. 
Yeah, I suppose. Particularly in the third book, I can see him being a Hufflepuff. He seems mm-hmm. rather, he's quite, you know, the cheerful, fatherly politician type. Mm-hmm. And he would have probably done fairly well as a peacetime leader. He just runs into trouble because it's not. Right. right. And he can't bear to admit that. Mm-hmm. Right. He could be a Ravenclaw. Maybe he's drawn up a whole bunch of laws and things like that. And, you know, yeah, various things. It's very difficult to figure, so we don't know. We don't really see much of him except in his worst moments, so. True. Yeah, we don't but know. But anyway, like. she's not so terribly proud of him, and Salazar says, well, we all have students like that because he's not terribly proud of Tom either at this point. Yeah. And right. And Salazar, go ahead. He says, uh, I wish I'd never let that half-blood into Slytherin, and Godric says, you know, it was talk like that that gave him his start. And, yeah. uh, Salazar tries to explain himself a bit. Like, this is the part I mentioned earlier, that he was just trying to keep things safer. He wasn't planning to go around actually killing Muggleborn. Right. But after a thousand years, messages tend to get muddled. Mm-hmm. Just like telephone. Yep. Thinking the exact same thing. Telephone? What's that? <laughs> Belly tone. <laughs> yes. I don't know. I can't really see them sitting in a giant circle passing messages along. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I can see Elga. Okay, I've got a word. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> the badger digs at midnight. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can hear this. The, the code is the badger digs at midnight. Helga. <laughs> Did you come up with the fast phrase again? <laughs> no, not quite. But they've said to Albus that they will be as much help as they can, and now they decide the best way to do that is to write a particularly special song, which we got to hear at the beginning of the fifth book. <laughs> Salazar says, hey, can I call Riddle a Nimrod? <laughs> <laughs> they can't think of something that will rhyme with it. <laughs> but if we can get him to try the hat on again, maybe Godric will let you drop something on his head. <laughs> Why did I suddenly see an image of an anvil with the word Acme on the side of it? <laughs> Power the Dark Lord knows not is the ha- sorting hat. Right. It oh, yeah. me. Here, Tom, catch. <laughs> what? What am I doing with this hat? And if you actually think about it, that's true. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't know what power the sorting hat had. Yeah. His 16-year-old memory did because he saw it. But old Baldy shorts wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. Or would you rather have moldy shorts? <laughs> Well, you know, all sorts of possible nicknames for him. (laughs) And all I can think of is him singing the dancing song in in the musical. (laughs) I take my foot, my little foot, and with that foot... Oh, how I'd start to shake. I take two feet, two tiny feet. Hey, look, that's neat. Well, no, uh, Sue knows this one. Um, 
was writing on the forum, and I kept writing Hufflepuff, and in my mind it was, what the heck is a Hufflepuff? What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. As long as it's not Hasselhoff. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Run away. Now I'm trying to think of a fic that someone would write with Hasselhoff the Hufflepuff. God. <laughs> Uh-oh, Scott's got a plot, bunny. <laughs> I have no Run idea away. <laughs> no, no, write a, a drabble. Well, no, we're looking for uh, fables, so you can turn it into a fable somehow. Yikes. Have to I have no have idea. Have some sort of fable about swimming in the ocean. <laughs> with SpongeBob. Flipper, flipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who needs magic? I want to be a lifeguard. <laughs> no. Uh, if you write it, Scott, I guarantee you'll win. <laughs> Who needs magic? I want to be a lifeguard. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Well, I think... We're way off course. That wraps up the second of our two fics tonight. And there is... One more in the series that, that we're going to do. And then there's the voyage, which we've talked about earlier, which you may want to take a look at if you like. It's an interesting idea. It sort of covers what it was that made Salazar storm off in the first place. You mean besides Helga's badger fixation? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if that comes there up. There's nothing but... wrong with badgers. So says the Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well... Why am I suddenly reminded of the bumper sticker that says, um, let's see, I'm going to have to find it. (laughs) Talks amongst yourselves. (laughs) Well, I really like this series. I love the banter. They did that really well. Andrea must have siblings or something. Something, yeah. And I like that Salazar isn't the awful person that we sometimes think he is, who was out to kill all the mudblood, because... That's not what he was really uh, after. Here it is. I found it. Okay. It's the bumper sticker that says, Eagles soar, but weasels don't get sucked into jet engines. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we could change that to, Eagles soar, but badgers don't get sucked into jet engines. <laughs> no, but they get rolled into hay bales. That's exactly <laughs> What's that from? Wolfie had a picture of the badger that was rolled into a hay bale. And they actually literally, and poor little thing was all bloody and everything, and they Aww. went by and, and released him, and he lived and I think tried to attack him after they cut him free. Yeah, so he wasn't happy. He was not a happy badger. Yeah. Not like Helga, who is a happy badger. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, it is true. I don't know if she's actually an anime just, but she's very happy about badgers anyway. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Well, badgers are happy people, too. The last one in the series, I just checked, is about the Marauders getting supported. Oh, God. It'll be fun to do. And we will have two guest hosts next week. Oh, we are? We will? do it. Yes. Etai and Julia. It'll be fun. Oh, yes. And also... um, You mean mean there's going to be Gryffindors on Beyondcast? Yay! I found you someone besides a Hufflepuff. Hey! Okay, well. And those two um, that, that were mentioned in the author's notes have also written a small series together, which doesn't necessarily 
you don't need to read it to get this series, but some of the things in this series sort of fit in with it, I think. Oh, so they have inside jokes. I wonder how mm-hmm. our sorting hat would like this sorting hat and what his comments would be on having all those voices inside his head when he's fighting with Sue. Yeah, well, I'm a little Jules worried right now because he's corresponding with Rita and that <laughs> frightens me. Well, oh, well. dear. But so, yeah, does anybody else have something they wanted to say about the series or anything before we say goodnight? Not I, oh. said the fly. Yeah, it's an interesting series. It's very fun. Returns is a fic that I'm recording for Sue because she won something in the Yule Ball, I suppose. It's a very fun series. It's funny, and most of the time it's light in tone, but then it also has the serious moments dealing with some of the things about Voldemort and things like that. And like Oliver's gal said, I enjoy the different characterization of Salazar from some of the others. And I like the banter between all of them. It's very well done. I think Andrea must have siblings or cousins or something like that sort to base some of that on. Probably. It would be exciting if she wrote some more. I Mm -hmm. don't expect she will because these have been written for a while, but there are some fun things that could be done with this still, I think. Yeah, especially the next generation, the children that are coming. That would be fun. And the final battle. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that would be interesting to have them land on the Be on fire. (laughs) Be on fire. Ah! Oh, yeah. <laughs> you dropped the sword again? Well, we're on fire. I can't concentrate. Here, <laughs> <Good> catch. <laughs> he was supposed to duck. And that didn't work the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Well. <laughs> hey, Trish is here. We didn't know it. We have a sword. Well, um, thanks for listening. I hope you all enjoyed it. And tune in next week for more Madness and Mayhem with the peons. Um, Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night.